stop bullying and shouting at the lower orders? Never! There's only one way to win a campaign. Shout, shout, and shout again! This is Shot and Shield. Listening in Bantam, Indonesia, Lower Hutt, New Zealand, and Valparaiso, Chile. I am your parliamentarian of the podcast, the Colonel of the Colonies, the Grand Duke Scott of the Duchy of Florida. This is the Shot and Shield Supercast, dedicated to colonial and 19th century wargaming. I don't know why they don't rush us right now. We wouldn't stand a chance here. In this episode, friend of the podcast, Claude Bailey, joins me for a discussion on the appropriate scale of miniatures, reenactment, and there's going to be a battle of wits as we face off on 19th century trivia. It will be a battle for the ages. Also on the show, the results of last episode's top five plus the new top five question, and I'll close the show as usual with another discovery from our audio archaeological archives. But first, it's email time. Germany calling, London calling, Moscow calling, Washington DC calling, Peking calling, Sydney calling. Message for you, son. It's time to answer some emails from all around the world. Now you too can email me at shotandshield at gmail.com or you can uh, hit me up on the Twitter, Twitter at shotandshield. Uh, our first uh, communication, first email here, comes from Skylar in Detroit. And Skylar writes, I have just found your podcast, and as a wargamer, I find your lighthearted approach to the subject of wargaming refreshing. I like that your show is all over the place. <laughs> You'll interview historians, game designers, painters, authors, and plain old wargamers, then give us some old radio show, pontificate about something you like, and a movie review. It's weird, it shouldn't work, but you connect it all together very well. And yes, I listen while painting. Excellent. Thank you. I'm not on social media, but I felt compelled to tell you that you're doing a great job. Thank you, Skylar in Detroit. Skylar, thank you very much for the kind words. I, I don't know what else to say. I try. Um, it is, uh, this is obviously, I've said this in other podcasts, uh, other Shot and Shield uh, episodes, that uh, I love, I love our game. Uh, anything I could do to help, uh, help you. But no, I, I do, I do appreciate uh, the the love there. Uh, this second communication is from Devin in South Florida. Now, Devin is a friend of the podcast. Uh, him and I have talked many times, uh, and it's a response to a question he made to a post I dropped in the Shot and Shield Wargaming podcast group uh, about a week or so after the May uh, 2022 Shot and Shield Supercast debuted. And in my original post, I I just said that I'm in the process of moving, moving my studio because of flooding that uh, happens in here because of a faulty AC unit. You know, black mold has developed in here, so I can only be in the studio for a very short time without a mask. And it's affecting my painting, uh, the podcast, as well as other podcasts that I do, and voiceover work that I do on the side. And Devin asks, you do other podcasts? So the answer is yes. And I I have to tell you, I don't think I spoke about it before on any of the other episodes of the Shot and Shield uh, Supercast. Um, I really wasn't going to talk about it um, at all, but I have uh, received uh, some emails and some communications, some Twitter DMs and stuff like that, asking me to clarify uh, that I... For some reason, uh, some of you want clarification in this because you're confused that it, that other podcasts I do are also wargaming podcasts, and that is uh, that is not true. That is not true. My day job, my day job is a retail manager. I'm a retail manager at a store. 
That's I'm going to say it like that because I don't, you know what, it's none of their business what I'm doing and I don't like bringing them into the, this program. And it pays really good, but it's like really physically demanding. I'm 55 now and I'm getting older. The bones are starting to go and it's just a, just a very physically demanding uh, job. So in order for me to continue working as I get older, I went back to my roots in uh, TV and radio uh, commercials and, uh, and, and radio shows and stuff like that. Because that's what I started out as when I was younger. And then the, the industry, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this real quick. The industry collapsed. That's why I'm not really doing it anymore. You know, I still have a couple buddies in that industry, but it, it, the industry got wiped out in the late 90s, early 2000s. Just wiped out. Not just because of the iPad and the iPod, um, but also consolidation with the companies and everything. So, so you kind of sit back and go, well, why aren't you doing this? Well, because it's one guy and then 20,000 other people who are just as talented or more talented uh, vying for one job. You know, so I just said, you know what, I'm out. But I still love, I still love the industry. Uh, so what I did is I thought to myself, you know what, I have the equipment. Let me go ahead and put together a podcast network and grow it. And as it grows, by the time it's time for me to get out of uh, the retail business and try and, and do something that's less physical, I'll have this going for me. And uh, the podcast uh, network, you know, I formed about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, and there's there's podcasts that I do outside of a wargaming podcast, outside of this podcast right here. This podcast, the Shot and Shield podcast, is although part of the the network that I'm that I've created, this is solely for you and I, because this is something I personally love. It's not like the other podcasts that are done for money. This one is done for passion. Um, it, but I will, I will make it short. I will let you know that way you don't think that, you know, I'm hiding, I'm hiding a war gaming podcast from you, <laughs> but I do commercial, uh, commercial work and I have an agent that helps me with that. Um, I have a comedy and sports podcast that actually earns money um, is called the Grumpy Chunk Podcast. Uh, if you decide to check it out, okay, fine. But I'm telling you, if you do, you go, that's the same guy? Yeah, I know. But it, it's actually the one that makes the most money of all the podcasts that I'm a part of. So the, um, and it's on, it's on hiatus uh, right now because of the studio issues that I'm having. I have a, 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 there's a lifelong buddy of mine. His name's Darren. Him and I, um, he's, he really wants to do a true, uh, true crime podcast. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, you know, so we're working on that. That's going to debut probably in the new year. And then I have a business leadership uh, shortcast. It's called Leadership Memo, which I have 35 episodes of that. They're all like five minutes each. And I'm chopping that, uh, chopping that out to um, affiliates. And then a uh, vintage uh, radio podcast that I'll be debuting soon, which I will talk about on this on this show, because I do think it's it'll be interesting for you to listen to as you're painting when you don't have the Shot and Shield uh, podcast to listen to or other other wargaming podcasts to listen to. You know how I like I, I like the old radio stuff. I really do. And they'll be it'll be all adventure based. So uh, that's uh, going to be on the horizon as well. So that's all part of this uh, this network, this podcast network that I've created now. Where do I have the time? Yeah, I tell me about it. Where do I have the time? Because, you know, you got the, the job, the job job that pays pays. You know, in retail, that's that makes good money. So I got to spend time there and then dealing with the studio issues I have here. The studio, so the studio is in my house, right? It's ridiculous that I can't use this room at all. And I have to be in here for a very, very short time because the black mold that has developed because of the stupid AC makes it almost impossible to be in here 
any longer than I can. So I have to be in here for a little bit and then I have to exit and I can't come in for the rest of the day. When I do come in to do editing, I have to wear a mask, you know, and this is the only place I can do this. So, you know, we're going to be moving. We got to move out of here. This is is ridiculous. So anyway, so I hope that clarifies a little bit. I, I, I felt compelled to talk about it only because let me tell you, and I'll get back to, uh, I'll get back to another, I got another email here. <laughs> it's frustrating because there's some uh, people that I really want to talk to. There's Gurinder Singh, man, he has a new book. It just, it just dropped here at the, at the end of May. And I, him and I had talked about him coming back on and he's going to, this is when, you know, cause now he's in England and he's doing, he's traveling and everything. You know, I want him on here because I think it's a great kind the last conversation we had was fantastic. Some of the other uh, folks that I've had on, um, just fantastic people, and I want to have them on again. Um, there are some other books from uh, the Hellion Press uh, Company that uh, I've been talking to them about bringing on some more people. Somebody to talk about the uh, the Pacific Wars down in uh, South America during the 1800s. We we'll really want somebody on to talk about that. I, I'm interested in that. I think you would be too. There's a lot going on. I'm just trying to get it all put together. So. I appreciate everybody's patience. I'm, I'm glad you're listening to the program. I really am. Because like I said, this program right here is the fun one. This is the one that I do for fun. This is the one that I, I like doing because I love the game. So so that's it. I'm going I'm to stop right there and move on to uh, my last email here. And this last email, this is from Kirk in Nebraska. <laughs> and Kirk writes, Lord Scott, did I read right? Are you thinking about leaving 28 millimeter and going to 15 millimeter? Now this, uh, Kirk, you know, I always try to keep my options open and there, hold on, hold on. I know I'm a 28. I wave the flag for 28 millimeter, but like I said, the place that I live in, it's small, it's compact, you know, and we have issues. I am suffering from, and I think all of you probably suffer from this too. And it's called uh, campaign creep. When I first started to get my 28 millimeters together, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to do the great game and I'm going to do Russians and I'm going to do some British and I'm going to bring in some, some Afghans into it. This would be great. And I was like, oh, well, I do need some Indians. Okay, cool. Well, I do need some Herats. Okay, cool. Oh, Persians would be nice. Bring them in. Oh, uh, Kashkaris. Oh, okay. Turkmen, Turkmeni. Okay. Let's bring them. Oh, some Chinese, some, some Tibetan. Oh, I'm going to need some Armenians. Oh, I'm going to need some Turks. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I, I just got a bunch of Austrians. And all of a sudden now I'm, I'm looking at a full scope from, from Hong Kong to Vienna. <laughs> so I'm thinking I don't have room for all this. And so I thought, well, maybe, maybe I should just, you know, scratch the 28 and go to 15 millimeters. So all I did was ask a question on Twitter. And the question was, does any company make 15 millimeter Russian colonials? And that is where this comes from, from Kirk. So, you know, I, after looking, after looking around and kind of just hemming and hawing, I, it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, you know, if, if I get into uh, if I get into World War II again, I'll probably do 15 millimeter for World War II. But I, I can't leave what I've already done. I've already painted so much, and I still have so, I have so so much lead on the pile that I need to just I need to just continue and and just do that. <laughs> 28 millimeter. So, so Kirk, no, I'm not going to give up 28 millimeter, not for 19th century, not at all. Um, but uh, I appreciate your email. I appreciate, uh, Dev, Devin, I appreciate your, uh, communication with me and, uh, Skylar, thank you very much for your email. 
Uh, still to come on the Shot and Shield Supercast, Claude Bailey. He is the best-dressed man in North America. The best-dressed. That's coming up next on Shot and Shield. Hey, what the blaze is this? A podcast dedicated to colonial and 19th century wargaming. All right, Marines. This is Shot and Shield. So I'm going to get a little serious for a second. If you're like me and you're disturbed by what's going on in Ukraine and you're thinking, what can I do? This happens a lot when the world is faced with tragedies like this. You and I have friends in Ukraine, fellow gamers, artists, sculptors, businesses that we've come to know over the years. And outside of wishing them well and hoping they are safe, there are ways you can help. For instance, UNICEF has set up a site to help children. Nova Ukraine helps with humanitarian aid. There is doctorswithoutborders.org, rescue.org, and icrc.org, all of whom are helping people in Ukraine. The one which I most admire is World Central Kitchen, wck.org. They've helped in Haiti, in the Middle East, in Asia, anywhere where people need food. And they're set up right now in Ukraine and around Ukraine to help. I'm not using this platform to ask you to help. I'm using this platform to provide you information if you decide you want to help. This is Shot and Shield. You don't think I too dream of peace? You don't think I too yearn to end this damn dirty job we call soldiering? Frankly, no. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much for continuing to listen to the Shot and Shield Supercast. Of course, I am Lord Scott, your humble servant, and my guest today is considered by everyone to be the best-dressed man in wargaming. By everyone, which means me. Uh, he is the creator of the Facebook group Sword of the Raj. He's a wargamer, vintage uniform collector. He is also, also known as the man from Fort Rexford, a true renaissance man, Claude Bailey is a welcome to Shot and Shield. And before I hit play on what I have from our conversation, let me tell you something. Um, <laughs> I use Zoom to do recording for uh, the interviews that I do, okay, and people I talk to. And <laughs> the, the Zoom program that I'm using, I don't know, I must have missed an update or something, or I don't know what was going on, but it seemed like every time we started talking, it crashed, crash, and it just kept crashing. And so I have all this audio that we did. Once we, once we hit the mic and started recording, we just started talking. You know, unlike other interviews that you've heard me do in the past, usually I start out, hey, you know, this guy's done this, and I just keep rolling. And then we get into the content, and I welcome on, on the show, and thanks for being on, and, you know, hey, let's talk about your book, or let's talk about what you're doing, or whatever. But with Claude, we just started talking, and that's how it just kept going. And we just kept talking. Zoom would crash. I get it back going. He'd get back on. We'd start talking again. It would crash. And we just kept going on like that and that and that until I think finally I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think I wore him out. But anyway, uh, 
Claude is great. And I hope you enjoy that. This is going to be choppy. This is going to be choppy. I'm just going to start it right now. Yeah, but I hope you enjoy, uh, I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed having this conversation with Claude. All right. So anyways, I'm going to hit play. Claude Bailey, <laughs> listen up. All right. Hey, I, I, I think, think I hear it. you. I hear you now. Awesome, man. <laughs> how hey, you doing? Hey, how are you, Scott? Good. Great. How are you, man? Good, good. Thank you for, uh, you know, doing it up in regalia. Oh, absolutely. I, it's funny. That's why it, uh, it took me a minute. When I got the invitation, I had to had to go get the uniform on, man. <laughs> Excellent. I should actually maybe since it's Victorian, maybe I should go get it. Well, I got plenty of helmets. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. And you? Really, I, really well. It's a beautiful ex- day here. Excellent. So are you, you're out of, you're in Phoenix or? Tucson. Tucson. Okay. And that's specific time? So about, um, it is now. Yeah. We know, we don't ever, we've never had daylight savings. So we go like half of the year we're on mountain time. The other half we're on Pacific. I used to live in Colorado. And so. I think you it, similar thing right yeah it's 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 messed me up it's since i've been doing the podcast and getting people on i have um yeah it's just messed me up mentally i, I always consider myself fairly a smart guy and i can count you know <laughs> obviously yes <laughs> the first round of interviews i i did uh i did with ian and um colin out of the the uk you know uh, oh that John, must have been even the, more difficult i thought well what's good for you guys and they're like well in the morning it's great okay cool you know no problem the morning there is like 3 a.m. here. <laughs> and I'm I'm like this. Uh, hi guys, what's going on? <laughs> so uh partisan. They was sounded good. good. Th- those were great. Those were great interviews, man. Well, I went back and overdubbed my uh I, I took out all my audio and redid the audio for me so I didn't sound so stoned at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in where are you in Florida? Um, I'm a little bit uh, east of Orlando. I'm on the coast. Uh Cape Kennedy is literally eight yep. miles away. It's, oh man, I'm jealous. Don't be, don't be jealous. It's kind of weird because you all of a sudden you'll be uh, in bed and you'll hear, and there's Elon Musk is going up in another spaceship, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, forgot about that. Yeah. So every, Wild. every other day there's a, there's a launch and it's any time of day. And so wow. you'll be like, I'll be at work and, um, and the windows start shaking and you're like, oh, okay, well I was, I, I was in one earthquake in California once. Ooh. And I'm like, this is Florida. We don't have those. Oh, okay. It's a rocket. It messes you up. <laughs> we don't have earthquakes here. We don't have hurricanes. What else don't we have? We don't have tornadoes. Um, well, you get we have the, a, it's hot, but yeah, but you get the, the, um, the forest fires. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we have monsoons in the summer. I mean, every summer we have the monsoons, so which is really nice. So must at least uh, that must at least cut the heat down a little bit. Although you know what, the heat's different though. Definitely, isn't it? it is a lot it, different because hundred degrees out in you know in your area, it doesn't feel like a hundred. No, like for example, man, last mm-hmm. week or like no, let's see. We so I was gone all last week. We went to California for the week to to actually go to the ocean. Right, but um, right right before we left, it was the dew point was negative. So I mean, literally, right. So it's like it was, and now it's. I think it's like six percent humidity. I love that. I mean, right I'm now. sitting outside. It's uh, yeah. I mean, what what is it there? Like ninety? Uh, yes, ninety here. The the dew point is probably hundred percent because it is raining. And right, even when it's not raining, the humidity is eighty degree yeah. day feels like 120, which as I get older, the heat feels worse. You know, I'm in my, I'm, oh, I'm a lot older than you are, man. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm 50. I'll be 55 this year. Um, oh, I'm, I'm 53. I thought I, you don't look, I did not think you were 55. Dude. Oh, it's the fat. I'm telling you, it's great. Whenever, whenever I feel a wrinkle coming on, 
Some people get Botox. I just grab a Twinkie or a little Debbie or something. And it's fantastic. You know, <laughs> and people are like, how do you keep your skin so soft and no wrinkles? That's terrible. Little Debbie, oh man. Tell you for, That's for, so funny. So we're both <laughs> grumpy old men. Yes. It's good. Absolutely. So today, you know what? One of the things that I like uh, for the for the podcast, I wanted to like bring other voices in. You know, so it's not just yeah. hey, this guy wrote a book. This guy's a historian. This guy's you know some heavy duty war gamer from all, everywhere who's and also mix it up too. Yeah. So you know, I got I'm so entertained. I have to tell you, I'm so entertained by your by. <laughs> By your Facebook pages. Just oh, thanks, yeah, man. Absolutely. Cause you're saluting and you got the Raj uniform on. And I'm like, look at this guy go, you know? And it's not not, not like living um, live the dream, man. Yeah. And also 54 millimeter. He's nuts. Huge. Yeah. And then you know, it and then is. I saw the the when you were uh long range desert group out there with your buddies in the Jeeps. Oh, and I'm I, I was like, epic. A, that's awesome. And B totally. What the? I had a buddy um, <laughs> when I was growing up. He was uh, he was in his thirties. I was in my late teens, and he was he was probably my mentor when it came to wargaming. And but like once a month, he'd say, "I, I can't. I got I got the Confederacy's riding this weekend." What? Very <laughs> what? cool. And if and finally, after like three or four months, I was like, "What do you mean the Confederacy's riding this weekend?" And he says, "Well, I, I got you know my horse and I we go up to." Tallahassee oh. and I'm a red leg. So, you know, I, I dress up, oh, cool. you know, and he was kind of afraid to say, you know, I dress up in the garb me and my buddies, we, we reenact battles for, you know, historical uh, stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds cool. I wouldn't do it myself, but I mean, I was going to ask you, yeah. Have you, have you never done, you've, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I've I just never done, have you ever done reenacting at all? No, never, never. I, you know what I have, I have a problem and it's called, uh, uh it's called campaign addiction. Uh, when I start collecting miniatures, I just keep going. And my wife goes, what the hell are you doing? If I, if I started with uh, uniforms, oh, A, I can barely find clothes to fit me now because I'm, I'm LA large, but no, I, you know, I, I hear that. I never, I never, it never entered my head to do that. Not that I wouldn't think it's fun. I don't, it's not like a judgment thing. It's just like, there's, it, it takes, um, oh. it takes like an adventure mentality, I think. Yeah, I guess. You know, let's look at yourself, you know, just on the, just on the pictures I saw from your long, uh, long range de desert group stuff, man, these guys are living the GI Joe lifestyle right now. Oh, you know, Claude's he's sitting there with his Kung Fu grip and he's <laughs> look at him go, you know, and it's like, wow, this is great. And really adventure. And, you know, as you know, when we were kids and you probably did this too, you know, you, you take your wooden gun that you made, you know, I was great for totally. making it. And then you, you and your buddies are running around houses. I got you. I got you. You know, never want to hurt anybody. Yes. But just And so it's, it's sort of like that. And then, you know, talking about my, it's buddy, exactly uh, like that. And talk about my thing about my buddy, buddy, Steve, who's no longer with us. He's, you know, he used to do, do that with the Confederacy. And then, you know, so there's always these different sorts of people and what they're into and why they're into it. And some sound more realistic and more engaging than others. Sort of like you're reenacting. And I hope you mean, I hope you take this and now I mean it, but then you have cosplayers. Oh yeah. It's different. Well, yeah. Different mentality. Much different. A yeah. Different sort of, you're experiencing the lifestyle. They're experiencing. I mean, as much as you can. Yeah. Right. And, and, and others, you know, like the cosplay folks are experiencing the inside, the person they're trying to be that. That's interesting. Yeah. Character. Yeah. 
Well, you're not trying to be a character. Mm-hmm. You are who you are and just in the wrong time. Yeah. Well, right? you know, that's interesting, Scott. It's a really interesting point that you make because in a weird way, I never thought about that that difference between, you know, I guess reenacting and cosplay. But to me, sometimes like, and I, and I obviously, I, I mean, I have a fairly decent grasp on reality, I'd like to think, but <laughs> maybe not. But uh, sometimes I, I am kind of like in my, you know, in my head, I, I am part of me is that character. And I never it's really interesting that you pointed out that that bifurcation. I never even thought of it that way. But, but you're still but you're me, still Claude, I, but you're still Claude. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You haven't, you haven't sure. looked in the mirror and put on your uniforms and said, now I am General Wolseley. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm going to go save Gordon. Too late. <laughs> Whereas, you know, like I, like I was pointing out, like, whereas, you know, the guy's dressing up like Pikachu, he really is like, yeah, I'm there's Pikachu. That. I'm Pikachu. He's like, oh, all right. There. Excellent. Okay. Cheers. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, I think, I think too, like the not, the not judging part is, uh, is a huge part of it. It's like, Hey, you know yeah. what? You know, I mean, so, so many things. And, and it's funny. I mean, speaking of reenacting and, and honestly too, with, uh, war gaming, mm-hmm weren't that many buttons on the uniform. I mean, we all know them, you know, stitch Nazis, whatever you want to call them. Right, but, right, right. uh, and it's like, well, you really kind of suck in the fun out of everything. And I, I'm, I'm all, you know, I mean, I'm all about historical accuracy. I mean, I, I taught history, high school history, admittedly, but I have a master's degree, you know, I, I mean, I, I know what I'm doing. I've spent years researching right. this, but can we also just kind of try to have a good time here? I mean, it's like, that's all I, that drives me nuts. I think, uh, you know, I've met gamers like that who, okay, oh, yeah. so, so what, uh, so what uh, regiments this, um, uh, right. the Madras, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Right. And they're like, uh, well, they're the, there's too many stripes in the turban. Yeah. And there has to be only three stripes instead of the six that you have in there. Well, you know, you might want to think about, you know, exactly. You know, I'm going to think about putting it back, you know, bring it back home and look at it and think, wow, that looks sharp. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I, but I get it, but no, I, coming back to what you just said, that, that, that difference between reenacting and cosplay is, is that's really, really interesting. That was a really good observation. I, I'm going to remember that. I have a few, I have a few, I, I get around, <laughs> I read stuff. So you've been wargaming, so you've been wargaming since, uh, since high school, huh? Um, since middle school. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it, uh, was uh, I'm going to say, uh, 80, 81. And, um, I had a, my, my first one was, uh, the book Angriff. It was, uh, Never heard World, of it. yeah. World war two, uh, world war two rules. I thought everything was one-to-one scale. Like it didn't like never occurred to me cause I didn't have anybody to help me guide through scales and stuff. Right. And, um, oh, wow. Wild. And so all I did was buy as many airfix figures as possible. I, I think I cleaned <laughs> out my local hobby shop every like couple of weeks. I Mom, can I have 10 bucks? 172? Yeah, 172nd. The the yeah. early air fix. And yeah, then, nice, uh, nice figures. Th- there were. There, you know, it's funny, it's because there were some that were really nice and some of them that were just horrid. Horrid. Like the 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 British expeditionary force, they look like blobs. You know, they had they they had on skinny jeans. If you looked at them <laughs> <laughs> at the time, it's like, oh, that, that's how they really looked. And then you look at a picture and you're like, they look nothing like that. Yeah. You know? Now I'm not saying that I was snobby about it, but you know, you, you want to get at least somewhere in the same neighborhood. You don't want to look like, you know, they're all going to a, a cure show. Nothing wrong with the cure. No, nothing at I all. No, I love it. One of my favorite bands. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, those totally. skinny jeans killing you. 
but uh, but no, it, it was uh, yeah, I want to say 80, 81. Um, and then I met my buddy Steve, probably about 83. I went to a hobby shop and they had a, a, a big setup, you know, it was like, oh, okay. This is what this oh, is cool. what is, you know. So it's like then all of a sudden it all started connecting. Yeah, no, I've been doing it a while. I took a little bit of a break when I was in radio just because there was never time to do anything. That's a that's a 24 hour, seven day a week job. Well, because it's live. I mean, so it's like you I can't imagine having that. Yeah. Uh, teaching was about as much pressure as I could take. <laughs> and that was with, you know, summers off and uh, you know, yeah. Must have been horrid, horrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It wasn't bad, but, but, and I had, uh, our kids were, I mean, I taught at three different schools and, um, over the course of 17 years, but, um, all like at what they call at risk youth. Mm -hmm. So like basically, especially the first school I taught at for the longest time for nine years, um, uh, kids basically that had been kicked out of every other school in town. Um, a lot of ankle monitors, a lot of homeless kids, a lot of undocumented kids, but it was a blast. I mean, I would never want to teach any other demographic you, i guess you think really that would be pretty it. rewarding uh, especially teaching uh, very you know history because you know you're, yeah. you're teaching a subject that uh, a lot of them probably never never even thought of not even engaged in you know the yeah not just not just uh you know with in the united states here but anywhere to oh to yeah learn, no, anywhere yeah to learn something that's you know, it's almost like you're, it's like you're hearing a, an adventure story. Um, exactly. Yes. Good analogy. Uh, you know, uh, rather than with math or science or something like that, you're, it's all very cut and dry. Whereas uh, with history, yep. there, you have, a, you have some, some wiggle room to, for interpretation. Why or how? I used to wear, uh, not all the time, but a lot of, a lot of times I would wear uniforms and uh, to school, the kids loved it. And, and I like, my room, my room was always like full of helmets and hats and mm-hmm. uh, flags. And the last, my last teaching job, um, which I quit in 2019, thank God, uh, <laughs> um, was uh, middle school. Right. And um, I actually, for the first time, started. I took a whole huge box of uh, old Airfix figures, actually, mm-hmm. um, and got the kids trying to trying to get the kids involved in, uh, you know, vaguely historically related wargaming. Um, and they, I mean, whatever. The, the boys loved it because it was toy soldiers, but right. it didn't didn't necessarily catch on. But um, <laughs> well, I was going to ask, but, uh, the, but the kids loved it. The, the kids enjoyed it. I was going to ask, you know, being a teacher, a history teacher with the uniforms and uh, with the, with miniatures and stuff like that, it, it gives you, I would imagine it would give you a lot of, um, you know, pardon the expression, ammunition to help explain certain segments of, you know, of, oh, yeah. of the history. I Once I, my, my daughter um, was learning about you know, Teddy Roosevelt and she was so bored. She was so bored. And oh, uh, man, yeah, no, no, it gets better. Uh, so she was just like, oh, I got to learn about Teddy Roosevelt. I'm like, Teddy Roosevelt's awesome. And, um, yeah. and, and she said, she said, dad, I just, I just can't. So, all right, fine. So what I did is I, I said, well, go in your room, study, you know, I'll be in eventually to help you out. So, okay. So she goes in her room, she shuts the door and she gets on the, gets on the phone with her friend, you know, because that's what little you know girls do. And, uh, Absolutely. And so I, I went in and I, I, I took some construction paper. I made myself a monster mustache and I just put it on my face and I had a hat and I put on the hat and I, and I broke in the door. Like I didn't even knock. I just pushed the door open and I'm like, gah, 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 gah. 
I'm Teddy Roosevelt. Get off the phone. And she, she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm here to tell you about the Teddy Roosevelt, the bull moose. And she's like, uh, with her friend, she's on the phone with her friends. And her friend, she's like, I have to go. Dad's being crazy. <laughs> she hangs up and I'm like, let me tell you, totally. it was Kettle Hill. It wasn't San Juan Hill. And uh, that's right. She, so she's, oh, what a blast. She, she's like watching me, just judging me, which is fine. That's normal. A I, week, have a, I have a daughter. Right. So a week later, she comes back. She goes, I hate you. I'm like, oh, I love you too. <laughs> Why? And she goes, I got an A on the test. I'm like, hey, see there, it worked. Nice. It worked. And she goes, so who's next? Calvin Coolidge. I'm like, I can't do nothing there. Ooh, I got nothing. Yeah, no. I got nothing. Nope. <laughs> totally agree, man. So you were saying about uh, you're going into the, uh, the schoolroom with uh your uniform oh yeah just i mean it's funny because i had I, I just long story but I, I have lots of hats and helmets and i and i would always bring them to school i would let the kids wear them all day if they wanted like th- that was like a special privilege they would get to wear like whatever it was and to them that was so beyond even something simple like a like a fez or a, right. a bombay bowler or uh but i always got so much shit from the principal because we had like a no hat policy because you know gang related blah 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 and i'm like I got, I had so many arguments with the principal about like, how is a pith helmet gang related? I mean, come on, man. The Somerset Fusiliers. The, the kids are digging on it. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, yeah, anyway, it was, yeah. I mean, so many things like that. And there's a whole series of YouTube videos about, uh, I think it's called black powder. Uh, you should check it out if you haven't. It's um, uh, I'll send you the link if I, if I I'll remember, but uh, it's this guy in Canada. He's a reenactor. He's also really into like, old antique firearms right but he does a whole series of videos demonstrations basically demonstrating why because everybody asks this especially like high school kids when you're talking about bat like 18th 19th 17th 18th 19th 19th century battles like why did these guys wear red that's insane right Right. why did they get it get how they were in a line out in the middle you know out out in full plain view you know shoulder to shoulder in bright red or whatever color in this case red with the british and so but he demonstrates basically it's a technological thing you know firearms and rifling and improvements in artillery but he he does a really good job at it but I, that's how i explained it and because everybody always asks that mm-hmm. um even adults a lot of adults well what why didn't they wear you know camouflage or why didn't they hide behind a tree or right. blah 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 and and like you know the, the the classic like oh the americans won not overall but one of the things that helped the americans win the revolution is because they didn't wear red and it's no, it's like, no, you, you don't understand. It's so much more nuanced than that. But I mean, really, but yeah, but anyway, right. but I got, I got in trouble because my principal was actually walking down the hallway one day and he hears these, you know, I've had YouTube on showing the kids, these YouTube videos of this guy in his kilt and his red uh, tunic and his white pith helmet firing his martini Henry, you know, and I had the volume cranked all the way up. And the principal's like, what are you doing? He like, he was upset. Right. He's like, oh, 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 okay, okay. He's like, I thought this was like some sort of like, I don't know, like oath keeper thing. I'm like, what are you, what, dude? What are you talking about? I mean, talk about small minded and intellectually right. like. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, you, I, I could go you'd on. You'd expect and on. something could, different from edu- educator, right? Yeah, the guy had his doctorate. I mean, God only knows what in, but anyway, it's just yeah, but right. yeah. <laughs> you know, we haven't even started. It's been mm, yet. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been recording the whole thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's fine. I'm sure you can, you can use some of it. Oh, you, there's no, nothing I... else you can blackmail me. 
<laughs> now I, I'll, I'll use, I'll use uh, most of it. Um, I always use maybe 95% of everything and cut out like spaces. Nice. And Hey, have you read, have you read the rise of the Sikh soldier? You know, I, I haven't yet. Um, Gurinder Singh man is going to, I'm going to have him on uh, to talk about that uh, book. That was a hey, great man. interview score on that interview, man. Thank you. Well, I mean, he's, he's yeah. so, he's so nice, you know? And I, yeah. you know, when um, I started seeing books, I think uh, folks on our uh, Facebook page were posting books from the Sullivan mm. Press, you know, and I'm like, oh, I want, that guy would really be interesting to talk to. And that guy would be really interesting to talk to. I wonder what, what do I got to do? You know? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, you know, back in the day, you know, you make some phone calls and talk to people and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, let's give it a shot. So I sent some emails and finally got a response. I must have talked to maybe six, seven, eight people in a different series. And then I got uh, with Dr. Uh, Dr. Price, who's in charge of the Ma Muskets to Maxim series, the whole thing. Oh, wow. Nice. And then you, uh, get in terms, was that through Facebook? You got in touch with them? No, I just, I just sent emails to uh, Hellion press. So I said, right, I'll just keep sending them until somebody responds. I finally got a response. I was like, okay, well, I'll pass you over to so-and-so and I'll pass you over to so-and-so and I'll pass you over to so-and-so, you know, oh, and that's I, so cool. That went for about two months and then, uh, finally got up with him and, um, we talked, he was, uh, I think of the first, uh, our first interview, uh, my first interview with, uh, them, he had a book about, uh, different Victorian generals for forgotten Victorian generals. I and, remember, uh, no, I, I heard that. I listened to the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. I remember the, um, uh, some interesting stuff. And I'm like, man, I didn't even know that guy. Oh, I didn't know that guy. So it was really interesting. But afterwards we were talking and he says, well, you know, let's, uh, let's get you with some other authors. I'm like, all right. And he gave me a list. He's like, who do you want? And I'm like, well, Oh, wow. A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And he's like, oh, well, let's see what we can do. You know? So, uh, that's how we ended up with Chris Pringle and, um, and Garinder. Mm -hmm. Just gracious people. I mean, everybody's so nice. Yeah. You know, there's, I got, uh, two more that I, that I've scheduled out that I gotta, I gotta work on one, another one with Gurinder. Uh, one is on the, um, the Paraguayan, um, and, uh, the Pacific war down with Bolivar and, mm -hmm. you know, all that, uh, there's a book coming out for them. And there's a like, lot of people that game that. Yes. And I was just like, you know, and it looks, it looks, it looks fun. It looks, it looks, it's a well, the uniforms are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that helps. I, I love the colonial and 19th century just because it's, it's fun to paint, you know, and, exactly. it's, and it's, it's also fairly easy to, to game too. It's not like you have to worry about angle mm -hmm. and sign and cosine of the gun on the tank and the, the sloped armor. Yeah. And that's you know, I mean, what I don't like about war gaming. <laughs> <laughs> when you get into this, this, like the nitty gritty of it. Yes. Um, but the, um, you know, I'm burnt out on, uh, American civil war. I'm just burnt out on it, you know, because there's so much more out there. I commented on that. I think that was, might've been when I first came across you on Facebook, you mentioned something about the civil war. And I, and I think I immediately was like, Oh, and I felt the same way. I've never. All right. So that cut off there. And the reason it cut off there was <laughs> because the zoom uh, program I have 
it just just stopped, just stopped right in the middle of our conversation. So what we did was, you know, we we got back connected again. I started it up again and we recorded again. And after this, we'll continue with Claude Bailey, miniaturist, reenactor, the best dressed man in North America and Arizonan bon vivant. That's next on Shot and Shield. This is Shot and Shield. It's going to hurt you a lot more than it will me, I'm happy to say. A podcast dedicated to colonial and 19th century wargaming. Discipline makes the strength of armies. Shot and Shield. Shot and Shield is on social media. There's the Twitter page at Shot and Shield. Please follow. There's a Facebook group, the Shot and Shield Podcast War Gaming Group. It's open to all. Please join and post some of your amazing games, paint jobs, and creations. Finally, the email Shot and Shield at gmail.com. Email me if you have a question or a thought or even a complaint that you'd like read and answered on the podcast. Shot and Shield is on social media. This is Shot and Shield. I hear the conditions in your army are appalling. Well, I'm sorry, but those are my conditions and you'll just have to accept them. Thank you for listening to the Shot and Shield Supercast. I am your humble servant, Scott, the Lord Scott of the Duchy of Florida. And we're going to continue our conversation with Claude Bailey, miniaturist, reenactor, war gamer, the best dressed man in North America and Arizonan bon vivant. I just like saying that. That's cool. Bon vivant. Now I'm going to hit play here, and this is where Claude is uh, talking about his inspiration, his love of Victorian times. Here we go. It's like it's like the Victorians didn't carry money. Well, like gentlemen, anyway, officers didn't they didn't carry any money. Oh, they just carry like their checkbook or something. And not even that. Really? It was like, see my man. I'll I'll see, go to the oh. bank and they'll they'll deal with it. Oh, that'd be great. What? Oh, so great. My grandmother was that way. She, my right. actually my grandmother was my main inspiration for the whole Victorian, the interest in Victorian period. Honestly, she. Uh, yeah, I, I could I could talk about her forever, but cool. she. Uh, I would think I would I think in this day and age I would call her a reenactor and she was way ahead of her time but she she was always fascinated by the Victorian period and she and my grandfather were always like dressing up in Victorian period costumes and they had horses and carriages and they lived in a beautiful old Victorian house which was the, our family house and anyway but that so I grew up in that almost in that time period in a way I mean I mean she had these amazing Victorian period dinner parties um, when I was a little kid, like a baby. And, and, and all of my birthday parties when I was a child were costume parties. And I realized in hindsight now that what, you know, that was all my grandmother's um, doing and everybody got into it. And it was like, everybody would dress up in costumes. And I have, I mean, photo albums of, of from going back before I was born. But so, yeah, I mean, I always, I grew up around that and in that. So it was really, I mean, it was inevitable that I would be interested in that, I guess. But well, I mean, it, but now it's, it, so it's, it doesn't seem out of the norm because you grew up in that fashion. And honestly, like my, my grandmother's house, my, my grandparents' house was very Victorian. Um, I mean, it was just, 
uh, there was a parlor. There was a anyway. Yeah. I mean, I many, many, many things about it were. Yeah. And I just grew up that way. So it's just it's really, you know, it's funny, Scott. I never really I mean, I've thought about it, but I've never really vocalized that. But it's this is like a therapy session, man. This is great. <laughs> well, it's, you know, that's one of the things we have, you know, wanted to have you on just to, just to chat. Just to yeah, talk. absolutely. You know, yeah. because of the uh, sometimes you know, um, which I I, you know, I appreciate the the love that uh, I've been shown, you know, for interview skills because I've interviewed thousands of people in my life. But but just having a chat, yeah, is uh, so so much better. I mean, I have I have like a selection of of stuff that you know I have set aside. Just just chatting and going with. It. I I, I want to go back to what you said about the about sending your sending you know go to the bank and talk to my man. Oh. I would love I would love to do that now. Uh, go go to any, just go to any bank and talk to my man seriously <laughs> and then you go in there and go and oh, i'm sorry scott who oh right. he said to, you didn't see my man at the bank <laughs> oh that was the wrong bank i'm sorry i have banks all over the place there were so many things like that i mean I, I, the letters that i read you know and and the the memoirs that i read of all almost exclusively british victorian army officers but there are so many things like Every single one of them was in debt. I feel so connected to the Victorian era now. No, oh my God. That they were all in debt like me. Totally. <laughs> you know, and, and the, the Russians were worse because of the social structure. I mean, they're, they're yeah. the, just because of the society that they lived in was so different than the British. I'm fascinated too. What, what got you interested in, in Central Asia and the Russians? It's not American Civil War. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, yeah. I have a, I have this, I have this affinity for oddball theaters. I do. Yeah. Uh, it, when I was playing World War II, it was okay. Look, I'm going to play the desert, but I ain't playing El Alamein. Everybody right. plays El Alamein. I'm going to play before. I'm going to have the African rifles, and I'm going to play Kenya and Ethiopia. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to play Palestine, French versus the the British. You know, so that's that's sort of where my head is. I'm going to play Crete. But I'm an animal play Cyprus. I'm gonna I'm gonna play Malta. Totally. But, but I'm not gonna play Italy, and I'm not gonna play Normandy. I have. Oh no, Normandy! Come on, man, now, please. I, I have. I have. When I was younger, I have played that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. And I understand people's love for this. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very passionate about it. For me, it's it's really an element of almost the otter the better. And I said this totally in the, agree in the email. I answered email earlier uh, in the program, but um, there's, uh, you know, or, and you and I talked a little bit about this. There's the campaign creep, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I thought, okay, well, I left a 172nd. I left all my plastics. I'm going to go to metals. So I sold everything. Wow. Sold everything. So I go into metals. What am I going to do? Well, I like Holly. I like the Hollywood version of stuff. Yes. You know, oh, um, me too. You know, so it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna do the great game. I'm gonna do Kim. I'm gonna do Gunga Din. I'm gonna do that, you know, that area. I, I, I like that. It's fun. And then it's like, okay, well, I'll get some, I'll get a few Russians. I'll get a few British. I'll get a few <laughs> Afghans, just a few on each side. And then it's like, oh, well, I need some Indians and I need some Sikhs and I need some Herats and I need some Persians and I need some Russian colonials and then I need some Turkmeni and then I need some Turks and then I need some Armenians and then I need some Persians, you know, Cossacans, you know, and Persians. And I'm like, now I got Tibetans and I'm like, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just have a whole sweep from, from Hong Kong to Vienna. Yes. I, I'm, I'm worn out, you know? So, uh, but, uh, no, I like, I like really, really odd yeah. um, theaters. The, the, the odder, the better. I think, uh, uh, I remember seeing, um, French Indochina in colonial. And, that's obscure. Yeah. And that's really, I was like, 
and the, the games that I saw looked fantastic. And, and in that my helps. mind, I'm, yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Oh, well, hold on, Scott. Don't go too far afield because all of a sudden, you know, you're already looking at a lead pile here, you know, <laughs> that keeps growing. Well, Hey, you know, my thought is when the zombie apocalypse comes, you can always melt them down into bullets. I'll throw them at them. Yeah. Here, take, take this. Here's right. some Bengal Lancers. <laughs> Brains. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So let, here, here's what I, we're talking miniatures. Why 54 millimeter for you? Cause you got a it's large a, setup. Your setup is monstrous. I do have a large setup. I'm actually, I got to change it. Cause it's been sitting out here for like three months now and it's a mess, but I mean, it's just, can you see that? Yeah, no, I can see that. You've seen it anyway, but yeah. The folks listening right now, uh, the the pictures are, you're they're are, they're already on the uh, Facebook group, but uh, and and you'll oh, be yeah. able to and I'll I'll put some on. Um, I'll steal some. I'll uh, or I can I can send you some too. But I think the main but, it's it's as simple as like I think so. My grandparents had and I have it. Um, it was my great grandfather's castle. It's a little wooden hand built. I I show it to you actually, and I'll, mm-hmm. I can take pictures. And but it was in my grandparents' house. Okay. And it was like, to me, it was like this, like sacred, and I wasn't allowed to play with the soldiers because right. they were antiques. Gotcha. So eventually, eventually I ended up with it. Were they lead you know? lead? Like, yeah. Antique oh lead? yeah. Like lead, lead, lead. And they're all French and German and they're mostly 54 millimeter. Let me see if I can give you an idea here. I'm in the, I'm in the war dungeon now. Let me see if I can clear well, off the well, I don't while know you're, you while you're While you're looking for this, I am, by the way, I am recording this, the video here. Oh, and, cool. Uh, so this th- is the castle. Look at that. So for you folks uh, listening for the, for the podcast, I'll, I'll, eventually I'll put this on the YouTube, but uh, there's this fantastic uh, castle, wooden castle. It actually looks uh, almost uh, like a Vienna court. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, I don't even know what, but it's just, and then you got some it, Germans and, uh, oh, I've got French. It's just kind of a, a little messy area at this mm-hmm. point, but, but, uh, very, very vintage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, very it's, it's nice. at least, it's probably, uh, I'm thinking maybe is, 1890s, maybe a little is, bit later. This is kind of cool. It's like getting a, getting a tour of your closet. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> check it out. Yeah. Oh, this, it's a mess. My wife, my wife is like, when people come over, she closes the door. It, it is a closet. I mean, yeah. it's it's just a hot mess. <laughs> nice gaming area, big old map of uh, of Africa. Yeah, you know, I love that. Painting planes and stuff. Lots and of uniforms. Uniforms, man. Cats. This is it. Cats. Cats are ex- excellent. Lots this, of swords. What a, a beautiful room right there. You know what? Oh, you thanks, know what? Man. Let me tell you, you know, it's, that's one thing that uh, is nice. You get into a room and I saw you had your little, your little work area and be able to mm-hmm. work in an atmosphere like that is. It's essential. And I, you know, most of the wargaming guys that are really into it and I'm, you're probably the same way, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But like are they have this, I actually posted something. It was probably about a year or two ago. And I basically just did, I took pictures of my workspace and I posted them. I said, show me, I want to see everybody's workspace specifically for miniatures and yeah. wargaming. And it was so, it's like, I did a similar thing with books, with bookshelves. I said, mm-hmm. I took pictures of my bookshelves and I said, and I said, I want to see everybody's bookshelves. And it was yeah. so cool. It's so illustrative of you learn, you can learn so much about a person and, and when you see their work area and when you see their bookshelves, I mean, it's, it's just, and that's another thing before the pandemic. I mean, I was on Facebook and, and, you know, Facebook gets a lot of crap from people and it, it's right. goofy. And if it wasn't for Facebook, like, especially during the pandemic, I mean, I don't think I would have, I certainly wouldn't have met you. 
Right. And so many, I have so many amazing friends from all over the world now. And it's like, I talk to them every day Mm -hmm. and not just on, not just messaging, liking their stuff, but like actually zooming with them and having conversations and yeah. Sharing stories and the whole reenactment thing, the whole LRDG thing that was all through Facebook. Right. I met all of those people through Facebook. So anyway, but I was saying about people's workspace. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting to see. And I I'm bad. I haven't painted any soldiers in like at least three months, but I I made that boat though. I have to say I'm pretty proud of it. The the boat is fantastic. No, (laughs) you know, you you see, you know, it's like, uh, like a gentleman like you and, you know, others, uh, and and you know, you're anybody listening, you know who you are because I tell you, (laughs) you know, I put it out there. I was like, Oh, this guy's great. You know? Um, total inspiration. I see that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I got to get back in the room to paint. I got to get it. I know. Same. And my workspace is like right now, I'll give you a little tour here. Oh yeah, man. So I got, uh, mess around. So anyway, so behind me is, Oh uh, good. Nice. So I got my, my Casablanca, you know, poster. Love Uh, it. Little picture there is one my mom made. She was a a minute. She was a miniaturist. Your mother was. Yeah. So she would she would make uh, miniature. uh, They call them shadow boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's oh god, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So she's you know she's had all that, and my dad was a woodworker. You know. Oh my god. Construction. So so you get the best of both worlds, and you know me and a Dremel. Watch out. Um, you know, we will. I just found mine. Oh my god, that's so funny you said that. Um, this uh is a gift from my wife. It's a this uh, the expedition Citrion, uh, which very cool. I've talked about uh, many times, and then then mm-hmm. uh, I get into this. This is my what is my workspace? It's right now. It's disheveled because um, <laughs> just because I'm packing everything up. But that right there, that's uh, his nickname's Chicken Beard. It's a I made him into a lamp. <laughs> I and, love it. Uh, and then uh, there you go, the GI Joe Adventure Team. Oh yeah, uh, my certificate membership. Uh, oh my god, you know, that's when hilarious. I was a, a kid. <laughs> <laughs> my degree uh, i'm a bronco fan gotta love the broncos and then obviously that's right you lived in denver right yeah yeah this right here i mean it looks weird on the screen uh, but oh, I see uh, it. that's my you know shot and shield um i usually do numbers and everything on there but uh, oh nice do you yeah. are you part of a are you part of a do you have like a gaming group no no i'm there's i hate groups yeah i i just i don't know when i left south florida for north florida to go to school um i i talked talked about my buddy steve well yeah. it was it was steve and me and then there was another guy and that was that was kind of the group you know there wasn't like a, a group group and then we kind of parted ways and i went up to go to school and he continued to do his thing we lost touch i haven't talked to him since you know until i found out the, you know he had passed away uh, and then but i i remember a few uh conventions that i went to down in south florida and it was brutal because at the time, you know, we we talked about this earlier, is that um, you you got people that are very very either really rule, you know, uh, rule specific, or uh, it's like okay, well, you know, I'm not really going to play because you, because the figures aren't really of that particular regiment that you're just saying that, you know, it's like okay, whatever, you know. And at the time, being totally. young and and not being as confrontational as I am now. <laughs> um i was like oh okay i'm sorry you know oh that's um, awful see yeah. that's 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 what i don't that's exactly coming back to what we were talking yeah. about it's like wh- why would you want to discourage people mm-hmm. from participating and it's the same thing reenacting is the same element it's like yeah come on man get over yourself i hate people like that oh yeah. 
And it, it, you know, and it happens. And there are there are people out there yeah. like that in anything, in not just not yep. just in in wargaming or reenactment. No, but like in, 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 in sports, all facets like, of life in, in sports. I, I don't, I, I, I like to play golf. I've been playing golf all my life, but I very rarely play anymore for exactly the same reason. It's like, if you walk on with some jackass who they're going to quote the PGA rules to you every, right, right, every right. stroke, it's not fun anymore. Or, or, cause I like I like playing a little golf myself. You get yeah. on the course. And I, I'm not good. I'm not Wait, good. Me neither. Me neither. Exactly. Well, you know, so, but I get out there and say, Hey, can we play through? Because we're professionals. Can you, yeah, you know, exactly, like, shut dude. up. I like totally. to surf. I like to surf. You know what? Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm horrible. I am horrible. <laughs> I'm horrible. I've caught one wave in 15 years. It was small. I caught it. I, it's and, it to me. It's like riding jaws. Exactly. <laughs> I'm it's like, I'm, I'm Slater for that moment. <laughs> Totally. But 15 years, I'm still horrible. And you get out there but, and, and the, the, in the, we call it the lineup and you know, you get the lineup mm-hmm. and then you, all the, all the guys who are like thinking that they're, they're Slater all the time. Totally. And, and they're like, can you like, you know, just get out of the way and let the real men play. It's like, shut up. I love that. That's another thing I love about your podcast. And I could just sort of tell when I first found you on Facebook, we found each other or whatever, but like you have, you're enthusiastic, you're, um, inclusive and yeah and your interests are wide ranging and I, that that really appealed to me oh my god it's cloudy what sorry what? that was like no one it's s- it's never cloudy here it's really one, weird one small cloud over tucson seriously floating by it's really nice actually but the, the anyway little, the little cloud that could Totally, <laughs> but but yeah, that really that really you know that that makes all the difference. Are you a member of um, or are you familiar with the rules of Gentleman's War? No, I'm gonna, I'm going to invite you to that group because it's um, his name is Howard Whitehouse. He's mm-hmm. he's published a lot. Yeah, he's um, he wrote these rules a few years ago. That's what got me into wargaming. Um, and again, it was yeah, and it was only because first of all, it's 54 millimeter wow. almost exclusively. Oh, how dare you! I know it doesn't have to be, but, <laughs> but yeah, well, you asked about the 54 millimeter 54 thing. So millimeter, 28 millimeter snob myself, God's snob, own snob, scale, snob, snob, God's own snob. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay. So let's, you know, cause I asked this, I think we, we ended up getting cut off there, but uh, oh, 54, yeah. 54 millimeter. So, so tell me what got you into 54 millimeter. Cause I, I, think- I will tell you. And the reason I asked this is because my whole swath of gaming the number of people that I've seen with 54 millimeter is you. That no. was the first time. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I even, I even commented to my wife. I was like, look at this guy. Look at 54 millimeter. Wow. How do you, how do you paint that? How much oh, paint it's do so you much, use? So much better to paint. So anyway, so. Oh my God. Uh, that's so, I, that blows yeah, my that, mind, man. I no, had seriously. no idea. Yeah. So, so I think, I, again, I think a lot of it is like, I started collecting soldiers when I was, a kid. Like I always wanted to play with the ones, like I told you, my grandparents ones. Mm-hmm. And those were roughly, well, and they were all over the place, but roughly I would say 54 millimeter. Um, but I, they, they would always buy me toy soldiers when I was a little kid, a right. lot of Britons, mm-hmm. Britons detail, I think is what actually got me into it. Um, Cause that was when they were coming out. Like, yeah, I guess late seventies, early eighties. So I got all the, you know, they, every year for Christmas, I'd get the the Germans or the Americans. And those are the plastic ones on the metal bases. I'm sure you've seen them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they absolutely. were all really well painted. And then I kind of started getting um, Britain still, but like the, the fairly modern ones, like from the seventies, eighties, the metal ones, again, 54 millimeter. Right. So yeah, it's just, and I, I mean, I got the, like somebody got me the, I think it was the tempo 
the the castle um also 54 millimeter right right um, and i started getting the tempo figures because that, that's what they i mean like you used to be able to buy those in the toy store at the mall yeah the tempo yeah. yep. tempos and the britons so mm-hmm. yeah i think and i just started say, when i saw them there I always viewed them more in the collection line, sort of like uh, you put it on your shelf to look good. And that was, now I remember, I mean, this is, this is an uneducated Scott. Uh, oh, back well, in, I, you know, well, yeah. In the, in the early eighties, you know? Well, they, you know, honestly, Scott, you I think you're right though. I think that's what they're, they were intended for maybe, I guess, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I had them. And so I like, I just went to it. I went with it, mm-hmm. man. I had, I had knights and I had the, you know, the Africa Corps and I had the British eighth mm-hmm. army and I had a, uh, I mean, honestly, I was all over the place. I had pirates. Yeah. Um, and I actually set up a sand table when I was a little kid. I must've been, God, I don't know, maybe 10, maybe a little bit younger Right. in my room when I was a kid. And I just took a, like a huge cardboard box lid <laughs> And just filled it up with sand. And yeah, I used to like, you know, we all did like melt, melt army men. I, I don't yeah, have yeah. any any of my original detail figures. I have a few, but most right. of them I melted. Um, and I had airplanes and knights and pirates and I, God love my parents. They just, I mean, they, I, I happened fairly frequently, but they would be like in the house somewhere. They'd be like, what? I smell burning plastic. What's going on? <laughs> What are you doing in there? <laughs> My brother and I, we'd have the those little green army men, you know. So we'd have the green oh army yeah, men, me too, you know? tall yeah. And so the uh, and then uh, the German and the Japanese, all right. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, we'd set them up on the ping pong table, and uh, oh, perfect, you know. So it was awesome. And then we hit, we'd go at it with rubber bands, and it always yeah. led, it always led into a fight because you know yeah. I'd, I'd accidentally miss and hit my brother in the face accidentally. Do, well, no, he would do the same to me and. You know, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not retaliating. <laughs> it was really an accident, my brother. So. I didn't, I didn't have siblings. I'm an only child, so that's oh. probably another thing. It's like, and my parents were like, they thought it was great. I mean, it, but anyway, so I think that's that pretty much is the reason I 54 yeah. millimeter, and I just can't. I, I mean, I could go. I've got 28 millimeter figures that are unpainted and never, I've never opened the boxes because is all they, my buildings. I think all my buildings I could use for both. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. I just, I would imagine, I would imagine going from 54 to 28, just to, that would be very difficult really what in what in what way well i mean not difficult in a in a mentality way but you know you're going to paint you know all of a sudden you're going from this larger scale to the smaller scale and now you're like oh man this is trying to get the detail just yeah. right, trying to get what you want just right without having that that canvas to work with exactly when I went from uh, when I went from 172nd to the 28 millimeter, I was like, "Oh my God, there's so much to paint! What the you know?" And so I said, "Okay, well, I'm definitely doing skirmish. I'm not doing big old divisions in this, <laughs> you know." <laughs> but <laughs> see, I would love to. I would love to do, and I probably will someday. I would love to do 28 millimeter proper 28 millimeter like large scale forces with for the Indian mutiny. That would be. I mean, you've seen the pictures that we've seen. Oh. We've all seen great pictures Un- of. Unbelievable. From, uh, from Ian and, and Colin up, uh, they just went and did another partisan and, yep. uh, and, you know, ex- excellent. Just, oh, I, that, that stuff. I, when I found that on Facebook, I was, I basically was like, okay, I'll never, I can never compete. Right. I can never, <laughs> I can never paint again. They've just done it all. Right. <laughs> I'm just packing it up. Totally. Why even bother? I'm already a failure. Seriously. <laughs> you know, it's, it's great because I, 
I don't, uh, and I would encourage this for anybody listening also that, you know, that you know, when you see, you know, folks do some of this great work, just, you know, I, I, I take things from it. I, I look at it and go, you know, I'm going to steal that little technique or, you know, I love that color. I'm going to try to steal exactly. that color. You know, um, I, oranges and purples. I'd never, I never really thought about having oranges and purples in, yeah. in my figures. And uh, I saw that they had some, uh, some of the stuff that uh, those guys were mm-hmm. doing that I see some oranges and purples. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to steal that. And I did the, uh, leopard print, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, I have some Persian figures with leopard print only because I stole that from some guy. Can't even remember his name, but he, you know, I saw some leopard print stuff he did on a, on in 15 mil. And it's like Ooh. 15 mil, you're out of your mind, you know, but at the same time it's, it is exquisite. So, but never compare. And I, I would, I would suggest this to everybody listening that if you're, if you do see some great stuff, don't, don't sit there and compare what you have or what you do because it's not fair. Yes. I, know, I completely agree with you. Like, I mean, you're basically, not fair, you're not being fair to yourself. No. And, and again, know? it's like what we were talking about before. It comes back to we want to. I mean, the whole point is to have fun and to yeah. be encouraging. And so do whatever you can and like do it, do it to the best of your ability. And that's the beauty of it. You're you're literally creating your own universe so it can be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And, and it's supposed to be fun. I mean, I, I, I know I've got friends who are active war gamers who, who don't even paint their own figures. Or, yeah. or if they do, or if they do, they're afraid to put pictures online or to share their figures. And it's like, dude, I mean, don't be afraid. It's, it's so much fun. And like, you're, you're missing out on a huge aspect of it. it yeah. It's heartbreaking, you know, almost it's like, oh man, <laughs> well, seriously. I, mean, I can see. And this is, this is where I can kind of understand, you know, like somebody who has, uh, who has a lot of time on their hands, you know, that's um, yeah, that's another you know, huge thing. Yeah. You know, Good like point. I, I barely have, before we started airing uh, this part of the podcast, uh, you and I were talking, talking about time and, you know, it's like, you, you know, like, well, Scott, this is what I have going on. You're like, your eyes are kind of bugging out. Like, like totally. When do you have time to do anything else? And it's like, I kind of don't, but at the same, at the same moment, you try to make time for a lot of this stuff. But I know that, mm-hmm. you know, as I get older, I'm going to have less and less activity. I'm going to have more and more time. And so if I get it out of the way now, then I'll have more time to game and less time to paint. There's some folks who have no time at all. So I can see, look, I really like gaming and I only have maybe a one weekend a month to do that, to be able to game properly. I want to be able to have some, something painted on the board. And I know this guy, he's awesome. So I'm just going to send it to him. So that I understand. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've actually, I have a whole box of, I'm looking at them right now over there, dervishes, two boxes, two like whatever Tupperware boxes full of them that I actually had a guy, Jim, Jim Shaw painted them. And he's a friend. Again, I met him on, found him on Facebook through another guy, Bill. Do you know Bill Molino? Have you, uh, he has I, Nottingham, Nottingham miniature wargaming Facebook. I'll invite you. Hmm. He's somebody, he's somebody that was really him and Ross McFarlane, Bill Molino, Ross McFarlane, Howard Whitehouse. They all were huge inspirations to me. Again, right when the pandemic started or a little bit before. Well, I've seen Howard's Howard stuff is fantastic. Yeah. Well, you I know, mean, so. and Bill's, but Bill hooked me up with this guy, Jim, who I sent him my figures and he painted them and, and, and he did a beautiful job and it was super reasonable. I just, I was, I'll be honest with you, a guilty secret. I shouldn't even say this on, on live, but okay. I hate. Well, it's only you and me. Nobody else is listening. Okay. <laughs> Nobody listens to this. I hate painting <laughs> the enemy. <laughs> isn't that terrible <laughs> no 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 it's not i i you know what i have i guilty confession you, no, you got no, it man that's not that's not a that's no that's you know what i totally understand because you 
you you got the you put your you put your energy into the side that you like. We'll say exactly. Like okay, you put your energy in the side that you like. You're putting your all your detail and everything. Mm-hmm. You get it all done. You're like, okay, now I'm ready. Oh. I need the I need the bad guys. I need the other side. Exactly. I so badly wanted to do, um, and I have all the British for it, like Zulu Wars. Right. So I bought like four boxes of Zulus. Right. And I and I painted meticulously, painted like I don't know, maybe ten of them, and then and I then I sent them to Bill, <laughs> not to paint, but I'd be like, I'm not doing Zulu War. I'm, I'm right. not doing it. That's where having a, a club is, is. Yeah. You know, uh, more beneficial. Because then everybody can take a little piece. The way I do it That's myself true. is I do, I try to do like one unit, one side. And then when I'm done with that, then I move to a unit of the other side. And I just kind of alternate That's that smart. way. That way when I'm done or when I've gotten through, I'm not, uh, I'm not like, okay, well, I've got all this. Now it's my turn to turn to this because then it's, it feels like a chore almost. Exactly. It really shouldn't be like that. Right. No, that's a really good point. And it's funny, you know, for some reason, like I did paint, um, I think I painted all of my Afghans and I've got a lot. I probably have almost as many Afghans as I have, but that's kind of a free for all. That's why I like painting Afghans. It's like, oh, I mean, with within reason, but you can right. get really wacky with the colors or you can mm-hmm. paint them all white or paint them all brown or, right. but I, yeah, for some reason, I just wish somebody's got to make better 54 millimeter Afghan figures, man. I mean, basically the only company that makes them is armies in plastic and they're cool, but you know, there's the, 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 the poses are, have you, have you decided have you ever thought about scratching your own? Yeah. Well, I do. I, I love doing conversions and I've done tons of them with plastic, but again, still it's like, you know, I've had to do that with, with 54 millimeter Indian mutiny. Almost. They're all almost conversions, hmm. which is agonizing. Yeah. Yeah. But especially, you know, if you want large bodies, I mean, I did sepoys, man, I've got probably two or 300 54 millimeter plastic and metal sepoys, but almost all of the plastic ones are conversions because they don't make them. Nobody yeah. makes them. So I, I have to, I have to say that I actually like conversions. That's, mm. I, I like doing those myself. I did oh, that a lot too. in, um, in uh, plastic um, once every second, I get out my, my exacto knife and, and do a little carving and then take a little green stuff and do a little stuff here. All of a sudden you got a guy with an eye patch and, or you're doing a unit. I couldn't find, uh, I, I can never pronounce the Italian uh, elite forces, Bersaglieri. Bersaglieri, Bersaglieri, yeah. Good enough. So, so those guys, um, I could never find <laughs> those guys. a really a really good set of those in, in plastic. So I ended up mm-hmm. getting uh, the Italy, Italian set for the desert. And then I ended up getting some hat um, for colonial British. And then I just started cutting heads. Interesting. You know, that's, a really, heads, that's a really good idea. You know, pin it. And then I took uh, some, you know, lichen, you know, yep. and put on the helmet, braid it down, hit it with some paint and instant bristlieri. Exactly. You know, and uh, so that was, but it is time consuming. And when they're done, they're like fantastic. Oh, well, all right, great. You know, you feel all accomplished. Well, and it's but something they, unique. You, you completely created it from nothing. And yeah. that people love that too. Like I, I went through a whole phase where I was converting whatever, all sorts of things, mainly for the mutiny. But when you post those pictures on, on, in those Facebook groups, it's like, I mean, cause it's really, that takes a lot of creativity, a lot of effort. Yeah. Um, you're actually creating something. I mean, it's one thing to paint figures that are already done, which yeah. again, it's super creative, amazing. Sure. But when you, you're literally creating something from nothing and that no one's ever seen before, I love that about conversion. That's yeah. No, I'm really glad you brought up conversion because it's like totally one of my favorite things to do. It's just dangerous. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It can be. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> well, that's why you've fingers. got super glue on the table <laughs> to, to hold the wound together. Exactly. I did this. I, did this, uh, I, I probably post. I think I posted some pictures of this, but I, I, I got some. Uh, I'm probably saying this uh, wrong. Also, Malmooks. No, Ma- Malmooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So French Malmooks uh, from Paris, and it was uh, for their Egyptian range for Napoleonic, right? So the big puffy right. the pants, the big <laughs> big jacket, the cape, the whole deal, right? But I hate I hated their hats. I was like, I'm done with these hats. And so I took, I had a bunch of heads with fezes, mm. you know, and I, I said, all right. So I started, I <laughs> grabbed this X-Acto knife and I'm cutting the heads off these metal figures. Ooh. No, no problem. Didn't hurt myself at all doing that. I was really excited. I was like, oh my God, I did it, you know? And then I got, a, I was like, well, okay, now I got to pin the head. So, you know, I, the, the heads are plastic. So I got the pin in there and now I need to do is just get a hole drilled in these uh, figures, in these Perry's figures uh, where the head goes. So I break out the, the Dremel. Well, the Dremel isn't powerful enough to get through the metal. So I'm like, ah, so I had to break out the heavy duty black and Decker. So I got, the, I got the black oh. and Decker and I'm holding it in my hand and I'm getting, I'm, I'm, you know, a little bit at a time, little, I'm being really careful. All right. So at this point in, in my conversation with Claude Bailey, Zoom shuts down on me again and I'm dying now. Now, because like you're in the middle of a story and all of a sudden, bam, the whole system shuts down. And I'm thinking to myself, ah, oh, I got to get Claude back. <laughs> so anyway, so here, listen to this. Then afterwards, we're going to finish our conversation with Claude Bailey, miniaturist, war gamer, reenactor, bon vivant. That's next on Shot and Shield. This is Shot and Shield. Good luck against those elephants. And the Lord spake, saying, Shalt thou count to three? No more, no less. Three shall be the number thou shalt count, and the number of the counting shall be three. Four shalt thou not count, neither count thou two, excepting that thou then proceed to three. It is time for the top... Five reveal. Five is right up. So let's go ahead and take a minute and unveil the results of last month's top five. The question was, what is your wargaming scale of choice? And as voted on by you, the Shot and Shield listener. So let's hit it. Number five. One seventy-second scale. Number four. Fifty-four millimeter. Number three. 20 millimeter. Number two, 15 millimeter. And now, voted number one as your wargaming scale of choice. Twenty-eight millimeter. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because. This show is hosted by a guy who loves 28mm, and I'm not leaving it for any reason at all, okay? I'm never going to leave it, ever. This is it. This is my my deal. So I shouldn't be surprised. However, you never know about these things. That's why I asked the question. I want to say thank you to everyone who voted. Now, here is your question for the new top five to be unveiled in the next episode. If you could go back in time what piece of 19th century would you most like to relive? I'm not going to give you any suggestions, but
but I am going to ask you to go to the Shot and Shield Wargaming Podcast Facebook group as usual, and I encourage you to add your own and take a look what I've added out there as a, to, to, as a starter suggestion. This is Shot and Shield. Hally ho, tip tip from Bernard's your uncle. Thank you for listening to the Shot and Shield Supercast. You can uh, hit hit me up on uh, the Facebook. It's uh, the Shot and Shield Wargaming Podcast Group. That's on Facebook. Just search it out. There is a YouTube page, which we've uh, commented uh, through the show about. And also, you can hit me up on the email or on Twitter. So the email, shotandshield at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, it's at shotandshield. Now, still to come on the Shot and Shield Supercast, we will be closing the show with another discovery from the audio archaeological archives but before that we need to continue with claude bailey now that uh, you know i had these technical issues with zoom (laughs) and it made it really tough and we spent the whole in my case the afternoon in his case the morning and we just kept going back and forth trying to fix this zoom problem anyway here's the conclusion with claude bailey bon vivant I just love saying that. Bon vivant. Wargamer, miniaturist, reenactor, and the best dressed man in North America. I, I just hate all machines, man. <laughs> I can appreciate that. I'm I'm like, it didn't even give me warning this time. I was like, what the? I'm supposed to have an hour. It's supposed to be an hour. We've been talking. We've been talking for what? Oh, a lot, almost an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, so so what happened? So here, so I, got, so I got these figures, and I got the black and decker out, and I'm drilling, right? And I'm going, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not like you know jamming it, like I'm, like I'm building a house. I'm just you know a little bit, little bit, little bit, going just a little bit, going just a little bit, going. I get, I have eleven figures to do. The last one, I'm going, and the bit snaps, ooh, right into my thumb, Ugh. hit the bone. Oh, I, I, I instantly just pull it out. Obviously, you know, just like that. My gut reaction was get it out of there. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, that's not going to be good. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. I'm looking at it like, oh, this ain't going to be good when nothing happens. Yeah. By the way, it's not good. My wife's in the other room and she goes, what was that? Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then I look and then it starts going, you know, and I'm Ooh. like, oh. Okay, I got Walther's goo. That's what I got. Okay, all right. Walther's goo. Let me try this. So I put the Walther's glue on there. Wrap it really quick with a paper towel that I was using anyway. <laughs> I'm holding it. My wife comes in. So what was that? Nothing. Why are you holding your thumb? I just, you know, I just nicked it. And you, you, hear, you hear the proverbial, <sighs> you need me to call the ambulance? No, no. <laughs> I'm good. So I go to the I go to the bathroom. I take the I go to take the <laughs> I go take the paper towel off to wash it out. The the glue has stuck. So I got paper and the glue sticking out of my finger. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I'm not even I don't even hurt. You know you know how you're like okay it doesn't really hurt. And you look at it. I'm like oh, that's not good. No, there's nothing well, it's good a tiny, about that. It's a, it's a tiny hole. I mean that helps. Right. And. I'm like, all right, let me, I start rinsing it out. I finally get the, everything out of there. 
and then it starts going it's going and going and going and i'm like oh this is not gonna be good <laughs> and she comes in and goes that's not a little uh, you're right Ooh. and you're right she was right um but um but yeah uh, that's and i think i posted the <laughs> i think i posted the picture of the band-aid around there like hey everybody <laughs> thumbs up don't do this at home yeah, it's usually another, another reason I don't convert metal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't Bad help it. With I, the see, plastic. I see it and I'm like, oh, I got to do something. I got these, uh, these, these, this one set that's a uh, Kashkari War Dogs, which I just thought was, I saw some dogs and I have these, I have these Chinese figures that don't have any weapons at all. They're just kind of like hands up in the Weird. air um, from a, from a foundry set. And uh, it's a foundry set that's for, uh, uh, for artillery. So Boxer put, rebellion or? Uh, for uh, the Taiping Rebellion. Okay. So and they're just they're just supposed to be holding the the plunger and everything, but I never added right. them, so they have nothing in their hands. I thought, hmm, I wonder if I could. Hmm. So I got these dogs. I got these like dogs in armor off of uh, Etsy, and then I got the I got these guys. I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? So I'm sitting there. I got the. <laughs> <laughs> I got the uh, the pliers out and I'm moving their arms ever slow, ever slowly, not to break them, you know, I'm like, little slowly, little slow, one bust. I'm like, all right, well, it looks like he lost his arm in a battle. So look, all right, <laughs> there we go. Um, so I, I love to do, yeah, I, I, I love to do conversions. I, I, I could spend all day just yeah. doing that. Yeah. Oh, I have many times. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I made a, uh... Well, that's another, not to change the subject a little bit, but like another reason if I ever did change scale and I, and I, like I said, I bet I will someday not change, but like do 28 millimeter. Right. Is there's so much more, um, available, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Variety. Yeah. Yeah. There Definitely. is a lot of variety. Um, to have that. you, do you have Perry plastics? Have you used those at all? You know, I, I have one set of plastics. Um, sorry, that's my dog. Oh, it's fine. The war dog, <laughs> the war dog, the war Bichon, nineteen years old, blind and war, oh. war and warlike. Wow, that's old. I know. So she's staring at the wall right now and kind of wondering why there's no food there. Um, <laughs> poor, poor baby. Oh um, the uh, but the Perry's plastics. Uh, I've seen a lot of great uh great reviews of those um i mean perry's in in general they do such a great job they're great sculptors i i got one set of plastics um some they were uh saladin's cavalry that i was gonna convert uh convert for uh the step Mm -hmm. um and uh which is where i got my fez you Mm -hmm. know my fez heads um but i gotta tell you putting together i'll convert all day long yeah. But putting all these together. Man. How many pieces are they in? See, that's another thing about 54 millimeter with very few exceptions. It's basically a head and an arm. Yeah. No, it's a head, both arms, both uh, the torso, the bottom half, waist down. Then you have, then you have the weapons, sometimes the hands, you know, saddles. So there's a, yeah, there's furniture. A, there's, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot to it. And I, See, I, God bless any of those of guys who have the uh, the wherewithal to jump into there and the patience. I'm surprised. I want to ask you too. I'm surprised that uh, there's actually there's you there's a lot of guys that I think I think anyway that's that game in 54 millimeter. Not a lot, but 
you know, I, I think probably, maybe more in the UK. Uh, you know, I'm not sure, but it, I, it's probably just, I live a sheltered life. <laughs> you know, I just found out that, uh, you know, we went to the moon or did we, <laughs> Hey, I have a book recommendation for you Definitely, and for Claude. anybody else. Hit us. So I noticed like, obviously because of my obsession with India and British and in India, um, the great game is a huge yes. part of it. But I noticed like, and I know a lot of people that are really well read on India and the British in India and the Raj and the whole situation. Very most people's only reading experience of the great game is Peter Hopkirk. And it's a great book, but I honestly, and no offense to Peter Hopkirk, but um, it's an old book. Right. And I was just, I, people that I literally thought were like experts. That's the only book that was like, Oh, that's the, you know, the, the go-to book and I get it, but I, I just, I think this, uh, this book is so much better and it's 30 years newer. And in my opinion, way better researched. It has way more, um, way more from the Russian perspective. Okay. So we don't, we don't, hear, we don't hear that a lot, by the way. No, I know. And Peter Hopkirk, I mean, he, he gives it some, he goes over it in that book, but, but it's called tournament of shadows. Um, it's so good. And, and again, it's, it's, it's more in depth, it's better written, it's newer and it's a lot more researched. I think, um, I, I mean, I, I've been trying to, you, you'd think I knew the author or something, but it's so good. And it really, it was life-changing to me as, as far as the, the subject goes. And I've read a lot more about it since, but I definitely recommend the tournament of shadows. It's really, really good. So what's it, who's the author? You have it in front Carl of Carl Meyer and Shireen Blair Brysack. It's a couple. And and not that some people would uh would say it, it was reviewed in the New York Times, and a lot of people have issues with the New York Times, but it's a really good book. Um anyway, yeah, I would highly recommend, especially for you with knowing your interests. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the cover. I think you can Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you post something like that. Share that I too. Did, uh, and it's just it's outstanding. It's just, and it's cheap. It's like, you can get it on Amazon or a books or thrift books for probably less than five bucks. Nice. Nice. But in, anyway, well, it was a lot of many, 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 many copies were printed. So hmm. the, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's funny it. about the great game in general and, you know, you know, being novice, uh, I'm going to say a, a amateur history person. Well, we all are. Yeah. Um, the, you, you hear about the perspective from the British, obviously through not just the books, but, but also through Hollywood, because that's going to be all perspective British, <laughs> you know, um, totally. or the Western. Um, and then, but to, you know, to be able to see, uh, get a perspective from the Russian side, not that that's popular right now. Um, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but, 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 it, but, but it exists. It's history. I mean, right. And then, but also to get, um, I would love to see a, a perspective from, those who lived in that area from either the Afghan or the Turkmeni or the Kievan, you know, that, and that group, or even the Persian or the Iranian in this case, you know, that type of perspective to find out, you know, kind of like where, where the heads, headspace is mm-hmm. being these two Goliaths. Giants. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of coming into your turf. Well, back to that book. So one of the things he focuses on extensively in Tournament of Shadows is the Tibetan perspective, which yeah, I Yeah, you don't think about that either. I mean, no. You know, there is a there's an element of perspective from that end too. Oh, very much so. And sure. and but you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, there were some things written and again, he 
references those in that book. And there's some good stuff in the bibliography. There were a few local accounts, um, Afghan, mostly there was maybe a one or two Persian, but almost nothing from like any of the, um, right. like Turkmenistan or, or Samarkand or Bukhara, yeah, the step, any of the those. Step tribes or anything. Right. Like that, yeah. just, I, I try to put myself in their perspective, you know, obviously, you know, not knowing, not being cultured in, in, in not being associated with their culture. It's hard to kind of put in the mindset, but at the same time, it's like, you know, how would I feel? Right. You know, um, yeah. If well, that's all the that's sudden interesting. These guys over, over top of you. I, I try to do that when I think about the Indian army in particular, um, like in the 1920s and 1930s mm -hmm. um, and why the army stayed so loyal and really was not politicized to its credit. I mean, it was, that fascinates me. Literally the largest volunteer army on earth ever right. was the Indian army. And mm -hmm. like the, the desertion rates were literally negligible, like less right. than, less than any other army. So that just, that the whole political thing behind that, and I don't like to get into politics, especially with the Indian army, but, but that fascinates me. It's really interesting reading you know, another really good book now actually called, um, a matter of honor. It's an old book. It's from the seventies, but written by a guy who was in the Indian civil service for decades, but it, he deals a lot with that, especially in the twenties and thirties. It's anyway, totally off on a tangent there, but really interesting. <laughs> Now you're made, you uh, you mentioned uh, you know we're talking a little history and one of the things that uh, you know I felt kind of challenged by you um, uh, why a few weeks ago you know, about a week ago you posted you you made a post on the Facebook you know because we all post on the Facebook because it's absorbed our lives right um, you uh, posted this thing a totally eighties trivia oh Scott 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 hold on my neighbor's yelling at me oh. John. What's up? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in it. I'm on a, I'm on a call. Can you, can you wait like 10 minutes? Okay. I'll be, I'll come over and knock on the gate. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I'm keeping that in by the way. Oh, please do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. He, we have run, we have wonderful neighbors, but yeah, no, that's hilarious. He's that's cool. He, he was a, he's a merchant Marine veteran. Really cool guy. Anyway. Excellent. So you feel challenged? What, yeah, what did I, I felt I felt challenged because you posted this and you said you know, you post the picture of the uh, game, you know, and I was like, oh, I remember playing Trivial Pursuit before. Totally eighties, really. Oh yeah, Trivial Pursuit. It's like, and you said something they should have made one for the eighteen eighties, and I'm like, let's do it. I'm let's seriously, man. Do it. Let's do it. We got this. We totally have to do this. So I came up with some questions. Yes. Outstanding. I will have an intro for this, a game intro. I can't, I can't wait. And I'll have, I'll insert some buzzers and some, mm. some ringadings in there, you know. Fun. Because uh, that's just fun. So the challenge, I was, I felt challenged. I felt challenged by this. And Woo. so I, I came up with, I have some questions Excellent. and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and quiz you. Awesome. And we'll see, we'll see how we see how we fare here. Outstanding. Right. Give, give me a second. I've got to put on my thinking helmet. Oh, excellent. 
Here we so, go. So right now you're listening to Claude Bailey, Renaissance man, put on his <laughs> thinking helmet, which is a, hold on. Uh, let me see if I can guess. Okay. It is, obviously it's a pith helmet. Yes. Um, but it's a sun helmet from, let's see, I'm going to try to guess the year. I'm going to go 1938, 39. Absolutely. Am I right? You are absolutely correct. Cue, cue the buzzers and the ding-dongs. Now, I will. <laughs> I, I have to hear, hold on for a second. Uh, Renaissance man himself, Claude Bailey. Ah, yes. He, uh, he has his thinking pith helmet on. And I'm going to start out easy. I'm okay. Start out easy, and then we'll we'll see where it goes. Let you just answer the question, or do you want um, you know multiple choice? Well, if we're going to play it like Trivial Pursuit, I think it's just you know I'm I'm on my own. All right. Does that work? <clears throat> That's fine by me. And if I have to, if I have to phone a friend, I'll just ask you. <laughs> and I won't read the answer. Oh, please don't. <laughs> All right. So we're going to we're going to kick it off. Okay. First question. Here we go. Where was Napoleon born? Corsica. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So My question number two. Fans. Question number two. Here we go. Ready? Now you you can play at home. This is okay. You could do this. <laughs> and I'm I'm we're just having fun here with some 19th century uh, trivial pursuit. Okay. Who became who became Prime Minister of Great Britain in 1812? Oof. Oof. Oh, was it a pit? No. Ah, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to have to phone a friend then. Okay. Well, uh, he's a Lord. Of okay, course. We'll, we'll go with this. Okay. Yes. And I, so I'll give you a choice. Okay. You got Lord Littlebrook. No. Little Lord Frontleroy. <laughs> Definitely not. Although they could probably use him now. A Lord Liverpool? Mm. Yes, yes, Lord Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. By the way, yes. not, not, not to be a pedantic, but Napoleon was born in this in the 18th century. Yeah, but it's a 19th century question. All right, all right, all right. I mean, sure I mean, enough. Yeah, I mean, true, you know, he's he's pretty proud of his Corsican uh, you know, background. You know, what's it, 1793 or something like that he was born? See, I'm, I'm being a stitch Nazi. Oh, you got me. Okay. <laughs> now, now they got harder. Nice job. <laughs> Great. All right, here we go. Another question here. Another question. You got this. You're doing good. You're doing good. You got, you're two for two. Two for two. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Hope you're playing at home. If you're playing at home and you've gotten two for two, congratulations. All right, next one. Here, here we go. Which of the following was the leading Austrian statesman of the early 19th century, becoming foreign minister in 1809 and chancellor in 1821, mm -hmm. and keeping both both posts until 1848? Okay. Was it Mitterrand? Was it Little Lord Fauntleroy? Definitely not. Okay. Well, it was might it have been Little Lord von Fauntleroy. <laughs> from Bavaria. Yes. Was it Metternich? Yes. Oh, I knew it was okay. an M. You did. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> He's three for three. Good job. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right. So 
All right, here we go. Yeah, I'm going to throw a tough one here. This is a tough one. They've all been tough. Eh, yeah, this, this is a tough one. All right, okay. so here, you ready? Okay, if, ready. You're, if you're scoring at home and you've gotten all three, you got three, three for three. If not, then, you know, read. All right, so next. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just. All right, so name the naval battle during the Greek War of Independence in which Jesus. ships from Britain, France, and Russia combined fleet destroyed over 50 Turkish and Egyptian ships. Lepanto. Wrong. Oh, wow. I don't know. It's Navarino. Oh, no, I had no idea. Yeah, when I was know. that? Was that in the 1820s? Uh, it was... I don't have the answer to that. It just says uh, this naval victory was not widely celebrated in Britain, perhaps because the enemy Navy was very old fashioned and was hardly considered a serious adversary. So the, the Turkish and Egyptian ships, and that would have been, that would have been, so the Greek, you know what? No, you know what that would have been? Uh, Navarino? I'm guessing because I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not that, uh, that on Napoleon, but I think that would have been uh, uh, while, when uh, Napoleon went to Egypt. No, I think it was later. I think it was the 1820s. All right. All right. So, but we'll have to, we'll have to, here, I can Google it. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. Uh, You talk amongst yourselves as we work on this here. (laughs) So when, when was Lepanto? I guess Lepanto was later. No, see, no, I think it was, it was earlier, earlier. Wasn't Lepanto shows we suck. Just shooting in the dark here. No pun 18, intended. Eighteen twenty-seven. So I was right. Okay. Yeah. So Navarino, Navarino was. Yeah. Yep. Navarino Bay, eighteen twenty-seven. Um, and it was so Britain, France, Russia decisively uh, defeated the Ottoman and Egyptian forces. I think also that's right around the time, maybe a little bit earlier, but I know the Turks, um, or I should say the Ottomans. Um, I don't know the story necessarily, but I think they either shelled the Parthenon or they had a, I know they had a, like they had an artillery or right. an ordnance store there. And anyway, yeah. Same, you know same I think I read that same period. story because the story was that um, in order, the, the, didn't the Greeks give the Turks um, bullets because the bullets wouldn't yes. hurt the, uh, the uh the the artifact uh, buildings yes because the bullets that they I were recent, that the recently were read that somewhere yeah 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 absolutely where do we read that someplace on facebook because you, you and know, i both we, did, yeah for we sure. live there we live <laughs> yeah, there pretty much all right so we're gonna go do one more here <laughs> throw, a, throw a hail mary here what we got going on can oh, you okay. hear me okay i'm just i have a fan on i hope that's not oh no you're fine yeah okay no absolutely okay you ready? Now, if you're scoring, if you're ready. scoring at home, you know somebody. There, you know what? We have some uh, very smart listeners, so they probably got the Navarino. And we're both sitting here we're, looking like we're chumps. Gonna get, we're going to get ripped apart. Just be prepared. <laughs> you know what? That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I'm used to it. So rock, rock on. Me too. All right. So here's the last question. Last question, and we're going to call it a day. Okay. All right. What was Giuseppe Garibaldi's guerrilla army, which fought in Italy? In 1860, known as the red shirts, the red shirts. I was going to say, I was going to give you choices. I was like the red pants, oh, no. the red shoes, the red hats, or the red shirts. <laughs> now, Try to now the, red, 
would have been highly entertaining. <laughs> a bunch of Sicilian grandmothers. <laughs> oh man. Do you remember, that's, I don't know why I just thought is, and you probably were about the same age. Remember that ad? I don't remember. It was either for spaghetti sauce. It was, it was for pr Prego yep. spaghetti sauce. Why did I just think of that? Um, because it uh, had wow. the old Sicilian grandmother making her sauce and they were trying to yes. decide whether it was her homemade sauce or it was right. the, the, the one in the jar and, and the, the, the young man got it wrong, right? Got it wrong. Grandmother was not happy. I, I think whoever, whoever got this, all the questions, right. We should send them a jar of Prego. <laughs> Excellent. So, so just email me, shotandshield at gmail.com. Say, hey, I got all the answers right. Where's my bottle of Perico? And can I tell you? If yeah. I get, I'll get like a thousand emails. I know. I got it right. I got it right. I was like, what? A oh, thousand jars. <laughs> they're a dollar forty. They're a dollar. How many listeners do you have? Hmm? How many listeners do you have? You know, it varies uh, per episode. Um, the, That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, the, collective i'll do the collective because every episode's different um uh, when i re when i reintroduced shot and shield um in november as mm -hmm. a supercast as like a big long show rather yeah. than a bunch of crazy little short shows yeah um because i had i took a i took a little break to kind of think about it how i wanted to do this because it didn't seem like it was feel, it wasn't feeling right you changed platforms too, didn't you? Yeah, and I changed platforms. I yeah. moved from uh, Anchor, which is a Spotify product, to yeah. uh, a different company, Captivate, which is is, is so much better. Nice. Um, the um, when I started back, we only had. Well, I, always, I always say we. It's just because it's a it's a team thing. Yeah. Um, in November, before the Supercast downloaded, I probably had about a thousand listens for wow. all the what i had prior uh -huh. that was that was after transferring it from one host to the other so once the one host picked it up then all of a sudden it started it started uh, growing interesting no i remember it was when i first started listening it was really hard to find even oh yeah yeah it's, but it's now difficult. it's like it comes right up now yeah the uh it's, it's because of the host but now yeah. i uh crossed not including this show because this show won't count in that number. The number is now right. past 5,000. Wow. You know, and that's it's, amazing. It's, it's humbling. It really is because, uh, you know, it's, it's how many downloads as far as how many listeners, unique listeners, it's, it's, it's weird how, um, that is because you can, you can have, I could tell you it's, you know, 3000 unique listeners, but that could be somebody who listens on Apple one day and the next day they want to listen to it again and they listen to it on Spotify or they listen to it right. on a, you know, so it's just a mechanical thing, but, or even though they got a different device. Yeah, I know that right. makes sense. You know, and then it's all over the world too, which is really, really, that That's really plays. So cool. That really plays in my head. So when I open up uh, the show and close the show, those are real places where people really listen. Oh, I know. Yeah, you no, know? I know. And, um, it just, it still blows my mind. It does <laughs> blows my mind. My man, I appreciate you coming on and going oh. through all the pain and agony of, uh, <laughs> of this closing down. I got to tell you, cause like for me, I'm like, it's all good, man. Stupid, 
this didn't happen before. Why is it happening now? You know, now I'm like going mental over it. So I, I no, do it's been great, man. I can't tell you. I'm, I've been really, honestly, really excited for this all week. And I, I was a little nervous. I'll be honest. I was like, Oh, hope I don't, you know, choke or, but no, it's all yeah, good. No, you know, that's the great thing about uh, the great thing about editing. Yes. I make myself sound so smart and I'm not. <laughs> and everybody else too. You got to do the same for me, man. So I do, I, I will tell you, I do want you to come on again with me. Um, oh, anytime. Yeah. The, uh, what I'd like to do is this is what I, I'm trying to gear up and I got to fix, I got to fix these issues on the stupid zoom. The, um, but I want to do like panels. You know, like, you know, have a subject, you know, yeah. like, almost like CNN, Fox, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, hey, totally. we gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, here's the subject matter today. Bam. That's a great idea. Let's bring in our experts and it's, it's us. <laughs> Why not, man? But, but, but everybody has an opinion about, you know, more something. expert than anybody on TV. Right. Yeah, that's true. But uh, so, you know, it's like gathering storms. So it's just gathering, gathering people and it's trying to make it so this doesn't keep doing this. Cause imagine, you know, you got, you know, four of us on Ooh. here and then, especially in different, in five different time zones right. or whatever. Yeah. No, totally. Really look forward to it. And thank you so much, Scott. No, thank it's you. Been, it's been a huge pleasure. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. It has. Claude Bailey, my guest today on shot and shield. Now, Claude, is a runner of a lot of uh, Facebook groups, especially the the gaming ones um, and history ones. And you really want to get in and uh, take a look at some of these uh, groups. Uh, we'll put a list on the Shot and Shield Wargaming podcast group of all the different uh, groups that Claude's a part of. And if you have a chance to see his see his setup for Fort Rexford, which is uh, his setup for 54 millimeter, it's fantastic. It is. It's it's spanning. It, it really is large and beautiful. Uh, lots of lots of great colors, and uh, I'm, I know I'm going to steal some of the colors that he has in his setup. And I do. If you have a chance to see the pictures of his uh, outing with his pals doing the Lawn Range Desert Group, I know it's not 19th century, but it looks like a blast, and it looks like a lot of fun. So yeah, you want to check that out. I'll have more of that on the. Uh, the podcast group as well. Still to come, we're going to delve into the audio archaeological archive for a fantastic old vintage radio show connected with, of course, Victoria, colonial, and 19th century. That's next on Shot and Shield. This is Shot and Shield. Oh, damn. From the land of the audio to the world of the visual. The Shot and Shield podcast is on YouTube. I use YouTube for supplementary information, such as watch-along videos, documentaries of interest, movies that I find that uh, best represent colonial or 19th century inspirations or gaming, and eventually video from interviews that I've uh, already done and that you've heard on the podcast. Just search out, in parentheses, Shot and Shield. You got to put the parentheses in there, parentheses, Shot and Shield, and parentheses, and you'll find it on the YouTube. There's also a link on the podcast info page. So check it out and subscribe to Shot and Shield on YouTube. 
This, of course, is Shot and Shield, the Supercast, and I am your host, the Lord Scott. In today's, in today's audio archaeological discovery, I decided that uh, we need to hear another French Foreign Legion radio show. It's been a while. I think the last one I did was back in uh, January. This one stars Olivia de Havilland, Lionel Atwell, Herbert Marshall. It is directed by Cecil B. DeMille for the Lux Theater. It is called Under Two Flags. Please enjoy. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's production of Under Two Flags recalls memories of the golden age on Broadway. David Belasco was starring Blanche Bates in this great play. I was acting in another production nearby, and frequently members of our company would slip into Belasco's theater to watch Miss Bates rehearse as Cigarette. Among us was a very young girl, also destined to leave the stage and try her luck in the fad that was soon to sweep the country, moving pictures. She did uh, rather well. Her name was Mary Pickford. Our story is from the celebrated novel of Louise de la Ramée. And tonight, thanks to Paramount and RKO Studios, we star a gentleman of long acquaintance with our microphone, Herbert Marshall. Bart leaves the set of Angel, his new picture with Marlena Dietrich, to portray the role of Corporal Victor. As cigarette, there's Guadalupe Villalobos, the hard way of saying Lupe Velez. Born in San Luis Potosí, daughter of a colonel and an opera singer, Lupe flared to fame on the Mexican musical comedy stage, and her firecracker personality prompted me to cast her in the third version of The Squawman. Olivia de Havilland's third appearance in the Lux Radio Theater finds her in the part of Lady Venetia, lovely, talented, and youthful. Olivia can look forward to a most brilliant Hollywood future. She's just completed Call It A Day and has begun work on It's Love I'm After for Warner Brothers. Just as busy as Lionel Atwell, who, like Lupe, is home from picture-making in England. He's just finished the road back for Universal and last train from Madrid for Paramount. We meet him tonight in the role of Major Doyle. From this point on, let our stars account for themselves. Up to the curtain, then, as once again we bring you the magic of the Lux Radio Theatre, presenting Under Two Flags... Starring Herbert Marshall, Olivia de Havilland, Lupe Valdez, and Lionel Atwell. <laughs> Algiers. Land of shimmering sands and blazing sun, of trackless desert wastes, of scorching days and magic star-swept nights, land of the foreign legion. On the edge of the Great Sahara, the little Arab town of Saida lies drowsing in the midday heat. Only in the cafe Cigarette is there any sign of activity. Cigarette herself, a vivacious young French girl, moves from table to table, chatting with the patrons. Suddenly the doors flung open as her father waddles excitedly into the room. Cigarette, where are you? Papa, what is wrong? Cigarette, the 14th Company of Legionnaires. They have marched away. What? That is impossible. Oh, no, they are gone. With my own eyes, I see them go. They cannot do this to me. They owe me for wine, for beer, for food. Oh, they will never pay now. We are ruined. Oh, Papa, you donkey. Why did you let them go? Why? I am one man. Can I stop a whole regiment? And I am one girl. But I will stop it. I will see the commandant. Oh, no, it is too late. Already they have marched across the desert. The commandant will make the march back. Wait here. 
tell you, I will see the commandant. I will, I will, I will. I'm sorry, little one, but Major Doyle is busy. Get out of my way. Here, here, what's this? Oh, hello, cigarette. Oh, hello. This food here would not let me speak with you. It's all right, orderly. Well, it's nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you, Monsieur le Commandant. So you robbed me, eh? You ruined my father, my cafe. Oh, you pig! Easy there, easy. What's all this about? Look at this bill. Hmm? What you find, legionnaire saw me. And what do you do, huh? You march him away. No, I never get my money. Oh, never, never. There, there, now, cigarette. I wouldn't do anything to hurt you. I never gave you a thought. No, you never do. Well, what can I do about it now? The company's gone. You can order them back. Call them back? Mm-hmm. But I can't count them out an order. But, Commandant, to me, a cigarette? No. No? No. Oh, what a great big nose. And yet you say you love me. So when I ask you such a little thing like this, you say, no! Now, now, look here. Have I ever refused you anything in reason? Mm-mm. You always been very, very kind. Yes, and too blasted patient. <laughs> now, I've... I've waited a long time for you, Cigarette. Ah, but you will soon be a colonel. Yes, you said major when I was a captain. <laughs> Did I? I never know how to take you. Now, do you love me or don't you? So very, very much. And when you are a colonel, I shall love you so much more and... Uh... And uh, what? Now you will bring the men back for me, yes? Uh -huh. And when they come back, I will kill them, hmm? Hmm? Like that. Oh, cigarette. <laughs> Goodbye, uh, Mr. No, 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 come back here, come back here, come. Little devil. Orderly. Come on, Dan. Orderly, tell the adjutant to send a messenger after the 14th company and order them back to barracks. Order them. Didn't you hear? Come. Come in. Come on, Dan. Well, uh, Corporal Victor is here, sir. Victor? Who's he? One of the survivors of the 17th Company. Sir. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I want to see him. Commandant. Come over here. Your name, Victor? Yes, sir. 17th Company. How many have you left? Eight, sir. It was a surprise attack by C.D. Ben Yusuf. Yes, I know that. You're lucky any of you came out alive. Yes, sir. Corporal Victor, your company was on its way here to Saida. You were carrying food to Colonel Farol's mess. Yes, sir. Well, where is it? We haven't got it, sir. Arabs take it? No, sir. I gave it to the men. What? Emergency rations, sir, just after the attack. Emergency rations? How long has caviar been emergency rations? No one no complaints, sir. <laughs> you know those stores were for Colonel Farol's private use? The Colonel has excellent taste, sir. I might add that his wine is also up to the mark. <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> Made up your mind to have one good meal before they finish you off, eh? <laughs> well, I think I'd have done the same thing myself. Thank you, sir. Corporal Victor, huh? Hmm. Any military service before you join the Legion? Yes, sir. British Army, of course. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> How long in the Legion? First year of my second enlistment, sir. Good. I'll get you transferred to my battalion. It's the best battalion. I like to have the best men. I'd like to be under the best commander. Huh? Hmm? That'll do, Corporal. That'll do. Yes, sir. Oh, if I might make a request, sir. Well? There's another survivor, Legionnaire Rake. Hmm? I'd like to have him transferred with me, sir. Rake, eh? Friend of yours? A very old friend, sir. He's been with me... Uh, we've been friends for years. I'll arrange it. Thank you, sir. Uh -huh. You know, Rake... 
hiding I wouldn't like the 14th. They're a jolly bunch. Yes, sir. A bit noisy, sir. Don't call me, sir. You really must get out of that habit, Rick. Tried it, sir. But it will slip out like... Hello, hello, my friend. How are you, Ivan? Sit down. Blake and I were just about to open a bottle. A bottle? Of course, I'm sit down. Bless us, bless us, bless us. Bless us. Here, for the Cascadee. Oh, yes? Who's that man over there? He went on the table with Ivan. <laughs> you like his looks, eh? <laughs> this is Corporal Victor. Oh, Corporal Victor. Uh-huh. I think I'm most welcome. <laughs> you will like it here, Corporal Victor. <laughs> I'm sure I will. Corporal Victor, I welcome you to my cafe. I am cigarette. How do you do, mademoiselle? May we have three glasses, please? What? But uh, I am Figazette, the master of the company. Again, how do you do? You're very first, if you don't mind. But always, the first time you come, Figazette gives you a bottle of wine. Thank you, mademoiselle, but we have cognac, as you see. Now, maybe we have our glasses. So, you refuse my wine. You insult me, my cafe. Perhaps we should be glad of your wine later. We have no glasses for you, now or later. You are too good for us here, Corporal Cudlow. <laughs> oh. If you're not going to serve us, Mademoiselle, we'll have to go to another cafe. Uh, don't let him get away, cigarette. You lose your customer. Get on his lap, cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The Corporal would not like for someone to sit on his lap like this. <laughs> That's quite all right, Mademoiselle. But I hope you don't mind if I stand up. Like this. <laughs> You, 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 you pig, you dog, you, you sit me on the floor, yes? Yes, good night, mademoiselle. <laughs> One hour a day for rest and recreation, and we've got to spend it here in the bar. Well, get off my bunk, Ivan. Ah, don't. Oh, come on, get off. Don't you think you better have a nap, sir? I mean, corporal. Thanks, Rick. I'd rather finish carving this model. The author? It's a model of Forrest King. Like it? Carved him a bit delicate like, haven't you, sir? His legs, I mean. Well, perhaps I have. Yes, you'd have a broken foreleg with a bone like that. You know, sir, at the time you almost hit the rail at Aintree. He had a great heart, that fellow. The biggest in England. Oh, sir, it would be nice to see him again, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, uh, he's about the only thing I'd care to see again. Attention! Commandant, going around. Already, Commandant. Uh, listen, men. We're having a visitor. An English lady from the hotel. Now, act your best. At ease, men. Is this the place, Commandant? This is it. Come in, Lady Venetia. I do hope the men don't mind. Mind? Why, they're honored. Well? Oh, the men must be tortured with the flies. Shouldn't they have screens in their quarters? <laughs> screens? <laughs> it's said in the Legion that when a fly bites a legionnaire, the fly dies. <laughs> <laughs> is that right, Corporal? <laughs> right, right, sir. Oh. How do you do? How do you do? Corporal Victor, one of my best-led men, Lady Venetia. English, of course. Got a fine record in the Legion, I mean. Nothing to be ashamed of there at any rate. <laughs> Thank you, sir. This carving, is it your work, Corporal? My recreation. It's beautiful. A perfect model of an English thoroughbred hunter. A hunter, is it? A lot he knows about those. He sees nothing but Arab ponies in these parts. Might have been carved from memory. Not likely, I should think. But that's dangerous ground, my lady. Better not look into their pasts. I'm sorry, Corporal. I'm glad you like the model, my lady. 
Well, shall we get along, Lady Venetia? Thank you, Commandant. The other barracks, my lady, are... They gave me the creeps when I saw the way you looked at her. For a moment, I thought she knew you. No. I've never met her before. She's beautiful, isn't she? So it isn't Corporal anymore. It's Sergeant from now on. Sergeant Victor. Thank you, sir. Now, you know Arabic, Sergeant? Yes, sir, some. Good. I have an assignment for you. Important. Go down to the Arab horse market. Some new traders have just come in from the desert. And keep your eyes open. For what, sir? For any talk of Sidi Ben Yusuf. Any hint that he's collecting his tribes. Very good, sir. Oh, and, uh, Sergeant. Yes, sir. You may see an English captain down there. One of the party of visitors. He'll be buying horses. <laughs> see that he isn't cheated. Huh? I'll do my best. Hold on now. I know, I'll take that horse here. And show us all like it. Did you see that, sir? Yes, our English friend has bought the same horse four times. Those Arabs are shrewd traders, Rick. True, sir, they're downright thieves. That girl over there, you know, cigarette. She seems to be helping him to buy. Not helping him, Rick. I should say she's helping the Arabs to sell. Come on. This is my will by the street and this black one here. No? Oh, but that gray one, I think I like him better. Good afternoon, sir. Hey? Oh, good afternoon. Buying horses, sir? Yes. What do you want here, Sergeant Cabillard? Oh, just looking on. Look here, cigarette says the black's a finer horse than the gray. You agree, Sergeant? Since you ask my opinion, sir, I would take the gray. The black is a bit weak in the foreleg. And what would a legionnaire know about horses? You take my word, Moon Captain. I know. There's one way to prove the black is best. I will ride him, and the other boys shall ride the gray. We will race. Good idea. Excellent. That'll show. It is a good idea, sir. But with your permission, I'll ride the gray. You see, the Arab boy might be inclined to think that someone wants you to buy the black. Oh, I see. Yes, splendid, Sergeant. Splendid. Look here, my dear. You don't mind if the sergeant rides against you, do you? No. It will be a pleasure to beat him. Well, forget that. Look here, I see you too. You know, you ought to have a bet on this. Let's say uh, a bottle of wine to a kid. What? As the lady likes, sir. We, oui, I bet. Even though it would kill me to pay. It's all right, mademoiselle. If you don't care to pay, it will be the horse who will win. We could compromise and allow you to kiss him. Oh, oh you, 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 I pay no one. Hey, look out, she's riding off. You've been a jolly angry, Sergeant. Cigarette. I didn't mean to. Come back. After a Sergeant. Cigarette, wait. There he goes, and I'll pretty catch up. He will, that, sir. Look at him, going right out into that desert. Cigarette, stop, pull up. No, 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 no. You've got to let me explain. No. If you don't stop, I'll have to lift you off your horse. Let me alone, let me alone. Put me down. <laughs> I will when I've spoken my piece. Look out. Cigarette. Cigarette, are you all right? Can you sit up? Cigarette, look at me. You, you fool. Why don't you leave horses alone if you can ride? Do you want to kill me? Do you want to break my neck? No, I couldn't break that lovely little neck. Oh, I, I hate you. I'm terribly sorry if I was rude. Sorry? Yes, really. I didn't mean to offend you. No? <laughs> the first time you come to my cafe, you insult me. And the next time you see me, you tell me to kiss a horse. You know, after all, you did say it would kill you to pay the bet. Hmm. Uh, 
Are you really sorry? I am indeed. And you have forgiven me? <laughs> Would it have killed you if I had paid my debt? I should say not. <laughs> then, here. You like that? You like no? it? Who wouldn't? I'm sorry we didn't bet some more. <laughs> oh, but we did. Five, six, ten bets. And every time you won. Huh? <laughs> what are you thinking about? Huh? Oh, nothing much. Just watching the sunset. I have been watching it, too. But I have been thinking. What about? Oh, about you. I did not know I could hate a man so much. And fall in love with him so quick. Oh, what a strange little creature you are, Cigarette. Now we've got to go. Come on. It will be a long walk without the horses. Shall I carry you? Oh, no, no. This isn't the first time I walk in the desert. Many a times I march with the Legion. Yes. You told me you were the master. That night at the cafe? <laughs> Even though you did not look at me then, I knew that you liked me. And I like you too. And tonight you will come again. And I will fix a little table so nice for you in the alcove. Then I think we will bet some more. You will come, yes? My dear cigarette, that's an invitation no soldier could refuse. It's later the same evening. Convinced that Sergeant Victor is in love with her, Cigarette sings happily as she prepares the private table in the cafe. But the sergeant has forgotten his promise. He's late even now. And Ivan, the legionnaire, amuses himself by poking fun at Cigarette. <laughs> so it is the sergeant now, huh? <laughs> You're in love with him. In love? Oh. I hate him. Of course, of course. Maybe that's why you make up a nice table here, because you hate him. <laughs> he is not coming here. No. <laughs> you can be sure of that. <laughs> what do you mean? I know he's not coming. And you know why? What? Because there is a ball up in the English hotel. He's gone up there. Ah! <laughs> oh, you're a fool, bad. Legionnaires are not to meet it at the hotel. No. Oh, but he has gone there. I saw him. And I bet you he does not come here. All right. I bet you. Ah! <laughs> so you were expecting him. <laughs> there I was, Lady Venetia, down there with the old Arabs buying horses. I've heard they're rather shrewd, Captain. Well, of course, I had to watch my step at it. Excuse me, sir. Oh. Uh, what is it, Sergeant? Important dispatches just arrived, sir. From Egypt? Quite possibly, sir. Sure, I must go. You coming, Lady Venetia? No, I'll wait. Don't be long, Captain. No, I won't. And thanks, Sergeant. So, a sergeant now. Yes, my lady. Tell me, was there any such important message? There might have been, but I didn't bring it. It's very dangerous for you to be here under false pretenses. It is indeed. Twice dangerous. Twice? A firing squad on one side. Your eyes on the other. You're a daring man, Sergeant. I had to come to bring you this. Oh, the model of the horse. You were kind enough to admire it. Will you accept it from me? 
as a gift? Thank you. I shall love it. Not only for itself, but because you risked so much to bring it. Do you know, this is the best exciting thing that's happened to me in all this monotonous country. Africa monotonous? Well, look about you. Isn't it monotonous? But this isn't Africa. It's just a ball in a hotel in any part of the world. Africa's out there. In the Arab quarters, the Jewish bazaars, the cafes, the Kabyle dancers. Things I'm afraid I shall never see. Things you ought to see if you want to know Africa. I could take you, you know. Or perhaps adventure doesn't appeal to you. You're daring me, aren't you? Yes. You realize it's absurd, Im- impossible. Quite. And that's why I might do it? Of course. Oh, you oughtn't to tempt me. When can we go? Now. Now? How can we get out? Can you climb? I used to climb apple trees. Then come on. The balcony shouldn't present any difficulties. <laughs> Cinderella has to go home. We'd better say goodnight out here. Thank you for showing me Africa. It's been thrilling. You didn't think that was Africa, did you? But you said it was. Did I? No. The real Africa's out there in the desert. The Maibu oasis at full moon. Maibu. It sounds enchanting. And only three miles out. Are you tempting me again? Yes. Are you tempted? Dreadfully. But of course it's impossible. Oh, quite impossible. I'm afraid so. Unless... Unless? Will there be a full moon tomorrow night? I shall see to it personally. <laughs> Good night, Sergeant Victor. Good night, my lady. Oh, you came out here after all. Didn't you know I would? And after you ordered the moon especially for me? There it is. Shall we sit down? You were going to show me the rest of Africa. It's all around you, my lady. The desert, the oasis, these ruins here. How silent, how grey, and how incredibly old it all is. Yes. That's Africa. This place must have a story. A thousand stories. Shall I tell you one of them? I'd much rather hear another. Your own. My story is much too long, much too dull to tell you. Not dull, I'm sure. No, perhaps not dull. And it hasn't seemed long. Till now. After this, it'll be endless. After this? Being with you. Feeling the nearness of you. You'll never know what it's meant to me. Oh, please, you mustn't talk this way. Do I frighten you? No, but... You see, it's, it's, it's the old trick. I'm just playing on your sympathy. Oh, you had that from the first moment I saw you. You don't belong here. You're miserable here, aren't you? I was. I'm not anymore. You mean that... That I... uh... Yes. You've changed everything for me. Phoenicia. Oh, don't say anymore. I... I must go back now. Do you want to go back? No. That's why I must. Oh, what the 
What's the matter? How do I know, Almighty Commandant? All in, you men. All in. It's an attack. I heard the Commandant say so. Did he been use his tribes? They have attacked Ayn Sufra. Commandant. Men, we just received marching orders. Ayn Sufra has been attacked. Be ready to move in an hour. Full packs. That's all. Company! Dismissed! Sergeant Victor! Sergeant Victor! What is it, Rick? Sir, I've been looking for you. I've just seen Lord Seraph. Lord Seraph? Yes, sir. He just arrived, sir. Gone up to the hotel he has. He mustn't see me. Oh, he'd know you, sir. He'd recognize you, sure. And, sir, remember that lady who came to the barracks that day? Lady Venetia? Yes. She's his niece, sir. His niece? Rake, you've got to pack for me. But we're marching at our sir. I can't help that. I gave the carving of Forest King to Lady Venetia. It has the name carved on it. I've got to get it back. Oh, he'd know Forest King, sir. Bring my kit. I'll meet you at the parade ground. I'll meet you there. Meet you now. Okay. Victor! Victor! Wait! Oh. Oh, hello, cigarette. Oh, Victor. Where have you been? Two nights I waited for you. And you did not come. Why? I'm sorry, Cigarette, but I couldn't. Was it the Commandant's orders? He gave you some special duty? No, no, I was detained. Oh. Forgive me, Cigarette, but I must go now. You would leave me and not even say goodbye? No. I was coming to say goodbye before I left. Believe me. Goodbye? Is that, is that all you were going to say to me? Please. You must forgive me. I've got to go. Victor. Venetia. I, I climbed the balcony. I hope no one saw me. Oh, thank heaven you've come. If you hadn't, I should have gone to you. I couldn't let you go without seeing you. Venetia. There's something I've got. I'm going to ask you. They're going to feel very odd of me, but really it's important. It's the model of the horse. I've come to ask you to give it back to me. But why? It's mine. I love it. I, I can't explain, but I must have it. Will you give it to me, please? Well, of course I will. It's in the other room. But you must let me have it again when you come back. But you won't be here when I return. You'll be in England. No. I shall be here, Victor. I can't leave you, ever. But, Venetia... Oh, no, don't speak. I've thought it all out. I know nothing of you except yourself, but that's all I need to know. Venetia, dear, do you realize what you're saying? It's madness. Oh, no, when two people love each other like this in part, that's madness. And you won't always be a legionnaire. Someday your service will end. It will never end. I can never go back to England. I'd only be exchanging my service here for a prison cell. I don't believe it. You're trying to frighten me because you think it's hopeless. But it isn't hopeless. I won't let it be. You can't forget me, Victor. Can you? No. You want me to wait? Want you? Then I will. Who's that? Don't go. It's only my uncle. No, no. I can't see him. I shall be here when you come back. I love you, Victor. Goodbye, darling. Goodbye, Venetia. Cigarette. Cigarette, where are you? Yes. Yes, Commander. Look, my darling. You see this? It's my new commission. I've got it, Cigarette. I'm a colonel. 
Mr. Turner? Don't you see? This is the thing we waited for, planned for. Cigarette. Cigarette. Oh, you're crying. What is it? Darling, tell me, what is it? I, I cried because... Because you, you go away. Maybe you, you never come back. You lie. It's that sergeant. You've been different to me since the first time you laid eyes on him. Not a decent kiss have I had since that day. It is not true. I hate him. You're lying to me. You're lying to me. Aren't you? Aren't you? Yes, I am lying. It is the sergeant. You're crying for him. I warned you one cigarette. That I'd never let another man take my place. No man ever shall. What? What do you mean? I warned you, cigarette. Sergeant Victor, I've got a little special detail work for you. Very good, sir. You'll pick up 20 men. Cut across the desert. You north towards Iron Sephra. Hold a position 15 kilometers this side of the fort. Excuse me, sir. I don't quite understand. You said 20 men. You north across the desert. Well, that's right through the heart of the Arab forces, sir. I know that. We'll never make it, sir. You have your orders. But with only 20 men. You have your orders. Certain death for all of us. I suppose you know that. Death is part of every soldier's equipment, Sergeant Victor. Pick your men and leave at once. If you don't mind, sir, I'd like to ask for volunteers. Do what you want. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Before we resume under two flags, I am privileged to introduce a soldier who served under three national banners, the Belgian, French, and Polish. He spent seven years in the French Foreign Legion, campaigning in Algeria, Morocco, Indochina, and the Sahara, rising to the rank of sergeant. In the World War, he became a lieutenant, was severely wounded, underwent 23 operations, and received several decorations, including knighthood in the French Legion of Honor. In recent years, he's been a military technical advisor in Hollywood. He worked for me on the Crusades, and most recently on Paul Muni's picture, The Life of Emil Zola. Ladies and gentlemen, a true soldier of fortune, Lieutenant Louis Vandenecker. My thanks, Mr. DeMille. I suppose a lot of people are wondering what crime I committed to have joined the Legion. If I disappoint you, I'm sorry, but the law and I have never had any arguments. Men join the Legion for one reason. Adventure. Criminals are not found in the ranks. And if one of them manages to join, he is soon arrested by civil authorities. It is my impression that they ask no questions when you join the Legion. That's true. But that does not keep uh, criminals from... Uh, from uh, that does not keep uh, police from uh, chasing criminals. Uh, well, what are the qualifications then for enlistment? Only two. You have to be of age and in excellent health. In our play, Van, we mention Ayn Sufra... And Saida, do those towns mean anything to you? A great deal. I served many months at both places. In fact, at Ayn Sefra, 
There is a bottle embedded in the wall of one of the buildings. In it is a slip of paper with my name and the date. Just a souvenir I left behind. As one who encountered the Arabs many times, what's your opinion of them as fighters? Very I. Arabs have no fear. They believe that if they die fighting, they will go to paradise with many pretty girls. We had our hands full many times, and I've been just as scared as anyone could be. When marching, the legionnaires are always in square formation, ready for instant trouble. And at, at night, they pitch their camps in square formations too. They are never without their rifles or their picks and shovels. Now their overcoats, judging from what I've seen. Why overcoats in the desert? Because the coat acts on the same order as a thermos bottle. It keeps the heat out. Or after seven years in their ranks, then, what's your most vivid memory of the Legion? Their wonderful spirit of comradeship. They will not only risk their lives to save a wounded comrade, but there is case after case of as many as six men going to their death trying to recover the body of a dead comrade, rather than let it fall in the, hand, in the enemy's hands. In the Legion are men of every race, color and religion under the sun, Men of every profession, living together, fighting together as brothers. If the world wants an example of brotherhood to follow, let the world look to the French Foreign Legion. Thank you, soldier. <laughs> Herbert Marshall, Olivia de Havilland, Lupi Velez, and Lionel Atwell take up our story, Under Two Flags. <laughs> has passed. The fighting has broken out at Ain Sufra, but no word has come from Sergeant Victor and his 20 men, doomed to perish trying to hold a hopeless position. In her room at the hotel in Saida, Lady Venetia turns toward the door as her uncle, Lord Seraph, enters. Venetia? Yes, Uncle Harry? I say, Venetia, where in heaven's name did you get this? This model of the horse here. Oh, it's... It was given to me, Uncle Harry. But when? A little over a week ago. Curious. Very curious indeed. It must be an old carving. Well, I'm sure it isn't old. As a matter of fact, I know it's new. But that's impossible. Don't you see? It's Forrest King, Tony Brett's old horse. It has the name carved on the back. Tony Brett? Who's Tony Brett? Well, don't you remember the scandal? Tony Brett's younger brother committed a crime, and Tony shouldered the blame himself. Last summer, Tony's brother was injured. And just before he died, he made a full confession absolving Tony. And where is Tony Brett now? Why, he's dead, I believe. The man that carved that horse and gave it to me is a legionnaire. An Englishman and a gentleman. He must be Tony Brett. Impossible. But wait a minute. As a matter of fact, none of us ever saw Tony's remains. I can't tell you how I know, but I have a feeling I'm sure that Sergeant Victor is Tony Brett. Isn't it said that the Legion is full of dead men? Where is this man? I've no Tony anywhere. He's gone, marched away with Colonel Do Bo Doyle's battalion. Can't we get him back? I'll do what I can. You... You want him to come back very much. Don't you, my dear? I do. So much. I beg your pardon, Lady Tija. Yes, Paul? You are to be informed of any wounded return. Yes. There's a train of ambulances who just arrived, my lady. Oh, thank you, Paul. Thank you. Easy there. Handle him easy. Oh, Phil. Phil. You're hurt back, huh? See, uh, honey? It's good to see you. Here, water. What, my Pharaoh? Excuse me. Is there anything I can do? Oh, you. I'd like to help if I could. You're here to look for Sergeant Victor? 
You need not look any longer. He's not coming back. What do you mean? You know something, mademoiselle? Yes, I do know. The commandant has sent him to a post of death. Sergeant Victor will stay there until he dies. Is, is it true? Yes, it is true. I know from the wounded. Now you can go back to your own country. You will never see him again. Why? Why do you tell me this? Because I love him as you could never love him. He does not belong with your kind. He's of the Legion and they are my kind. Would you follow them into the desert as I have done? Would you march with them and nurse them and close their eyes when they are dead? I have shot them. Do you hear? So that the Arabs could not take him alive. Could you do that? No. Oh, you poor child, you do love him. Yes, I... I love him. And I could save him, too. You could save him. How? In a way you could not understand. But why should I save him? Huh? For you? But you said that you love him. If you really love him, can you let him die? Can you? Go back to your hotel. Go back to your soft life. Easy ways. What are you going to do, mademoiselle? I'm going to the commandant. Arain Sudra. I'm going to save Sergeant Victor. For you. water. Go easy on it. Sergeant, how long are we going to be here? How long do we have to wait for help in this filthy hole? Easy, Baron. I can't stand it much longer, I tell you. I can't stand it. Quiet. They're out there, waiting for us. Waiting for us to show ourselves. Waiting for us to go mad. Shut up. Sorry I had to do that, Baron. There were only eight men here. Eight out of twenty. We need our wits to get out of this. It's this blasted silence that's got me. The Arabs are out there all right. Why don't they attack? A wall ten feet high between us and a thousand Arabs. They could give us food like that. Let them wait. The longer they wait, the more chance for the relief to come. Sure, if it's ever done. We were put out here to hold this position. We're going to do it. We can't if they attack us. They'll swarm over us like flies. Quiet, I tell you. He's right, sir. We never hold out against another attack. We're too few. It's time we're working against now. Anything might happen if we had time. Time. I might be able to get some. Until dawn, anyway. How, sir? If I could borrow the robes from one of those dead Arabs outside, I might be able to sneak into Sidi Ben Yusuf's camp. What? Pay the sheikh a little visit. You're mad, sir. Why, they'd call me to ribbon. <laughs> we'll do that anyway, Rake. I'm not too particular about where I die. And it's worth a chance. Kaid Ben Yusuf. What is it? One of our horsemen, Kaid. He would talk with you. Send him to me. Well? Good evening, Sidi Ben Yusuf. An Englishman. How did you get here? It's a pleasure to renew an old acquaintance. Old acquaintance? I don't seem to recall your face. Oxford. You were at Balliol. I was at Trinity. You haven't forgotten those afternoons at Professor York's? Oh. <laughs> Dear old Professor York. Oh, how well I remember. This is amazing. Old classmates meeting here in the heart of the desert as enemies. Why have you paid me this most unusual visit? To save my life. And possibly save yours. Really? A wise man is he who makes peace in time. Peace? Recently, a British commissioner arrived in Saida. As your spies, no doubt, have already advised you. Does that affect me, my friend? I make war on the French. You know best, of course. But if you are caught here, with the British troops behind you, it'll be a little awkward, won't it? British troops in French territory? 
That is utterly impossible. Mm, the secret was well kept. <laughs> Are you naive enough to think that I believe you? You have scouts, I suppose? Send them out. Learn for yourself. Well, I shall send them. If what you have told me is true, I shall be indebted to you for the rest of my life. If not, you will die, my friend. In a few hours, we shall know. A few hours? By dawn. Dawn. Thank you. Good morning, my friend. I trust you slept well. Excellently, thank you. And that you enjoyed your morning meal? I found it a delightful relief from heart attack. I am very glad, since it will be your last. Really? You lied to me. I've had scouts out all night. There are no British within 500 miles. And you knew it. Quite. And I was quite surprised that you believed me at all. And now it's my turn to amuse myself with you. Uh-huh. I'm curious. What do you intend to do with me? Remember the old soccer games? We are going to play it now. With horses. You will be the ball. It should be very amusing, Sheikh. For me, yes. But for you, I have to be careful. What's that? Kayed, Kayed, the Legion. The Legion, four squadrons. They ride from the north. So, this is what you waited for, my friend. The relief, Sidi Ben Yusuf. We hope they might be here at dawn. And so they are. It's a pity you won't be there to greet them. I shall try my best. Stop him. Stop that man. tried to make her stay behind, but, but she wouldn't. We saw her fall, and we... Look, sir, there she is. She's lying over there. Call some men from the fort, quick. <laughs> Cigarette. Cigarette. Oh, Victor, you are safe. Let me lift you up.
go away. You will remember that day in the desert? I will always remember. Victor, shall we bet? She died out there in the desert in my arms. Poor cigarette. She loved you too, darling. And she wanted to save you for me. I shall always be grateful to her for that. Venusha, that day you spoke to her. Did you tell? Did you tell her who I am? No, darling. I'm glad now. She said that you were kind. And wherever she is now, she'll be happier believing that. That was the French Foreign Legion classic, Under Two Flags, from a production from the Lux Theater, directed by Cecil B. DeMille, and starring Olivia de Havilland, Lionel Atwell, and Herbert Marshall. Now, I decided to bust out another French Foreign Legion piece because it's been like six months since the last one, and Under Two Flags is such a great classic. I couldn't sit on it any longer, so there you go. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I hope presenting it. Now, There's a couple of things missing from this episode, namely a new scenario for the Scenario Builder and a movie review. These will return next Supercast for sure. I guarantee it. Just had a lot of things going on. And let me tell you something. Had such a great conversation with friend of the podcast, Claude Bailey, whom I thank so much for joining me uh, for just an amazing, fun talk. And I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed having it. It was a, a great, great time. And you can find Claude all over Facebook. I, and I encourage you to take a look at his 54 millimeter setup and his reenactment adventures. It's good stuff. And so please jump on there. Great guy. And he'll totally engage with you. You can find more about the show and my guests in the Shot and Shield Wargaming podcast group. Just go to Facebook hit apply. You're going to join instantaneously. Just have some fun. Also, you can message me on Twitter at Shot and Shield or through the email shotandshield at gmail.com. You have been listening in Kalamazoo, Michigan, Copenhagen, Denmark, and in Surrey, England. This has been Shot and Shield, the supercast dedicated to colonial and 19th century wargaming. I've been your host, the Lord Privy Scott of the Duchy of Florida, and I'm out. This has been a production of the Experience 13 Podcast Network. 13! Your electricity.